This is episode 122 for Tuesday, January 16th, 2018, brought to you from Arlington, Texas. This week we'll be discussing style M as in mother or mead. Welcome to Brew Styles. My name is Sawyer, and together with Chris, Travis, and Powers, we take on the world of beer one style at a time. Every week we discuss a different style of beer and taste some of our favorites. We hope you leave with a thirst for more. Our podcast may be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Look us up and subscribe to make sure you are kept up to date on our latest episodes. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Brew underscore Styles. Drop by our website, BrewStyles.com, where you can stream every episode, check out our photo gallery, and use the contact tab to send us comments and feedback. You can also find more information about the BJCP and how to become a certified beer judge. Settle in and raise a pint with us as we launch into another episode of Brew Styles. Well, welcome back to another episode of Brew Styles. Uh, we, yesterday, we are going to be talking about the mead. You said mother. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe mothers too. The mammy. Yeah. Well, we'll see what actually happens. Not your mother's mead. This is probably Ooh, an interesting that's a good fast. idea. Ooh. Anyways, let's see what Aunt Sally tastes like. <clears throat> yeah. Well, they have not your father's, you know, whatever. Root beer. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of them. Oh, there are? Yeah. Oh. Not your father's that. root beer, not your father's cream ale, not your father's... Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of different ones. And then they've got the ginger your, beer. Yeah, not, ginger beer. They've got the not your mother's iced tea too. I've so missed like that. all of these. Where where have I been? There's even a Mountain Dew one. It's like Green Mountain Ale, what? Mountain Man Ale, or something like that. Yeah. Okay. And they're all <laughs> equally kind of not good. It's one of those you have to like upend <laughs> it because alcohol like settles at the bottom and then it gets real syrupy. Oh, so you see, gotta like but mix I it like, around until you before you drink it. Yeah. See, but I like the root beer. I think that's actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but I still have a six-pack of it sitting in my kegerator, so yeah, it's been there for about a year. Anyways. so That was a really early time for a tangent, but that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. So that's the that's the voice of Chris. How's it going, man? Pretty good. How are you? Man, I'm, I'm doing swell. <laughs> got a cold beer in my hand, drinking your porter, and then, which, is, which is awesome. So Chris, what did you do this week with beer? Uh, surprisingly, didn't drink much of it. Uh-oh. <laughs> What is wrong with you? Nothing. I just, you know, letting letting stuff sit for a little while. Uh, yeah. Especially the porter. It was kind of green. It's, it, um, I, you know what, though? Speaking of that, I don't get that anymore. Well, that's good. So, yeah. <laughs> because you're the reason I let it sit. Oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes like green bell pepper. It uh, does. It did. It, it kind of did, yeah. It was, my bad. See, I didn't, I didn't taste it. And I love bell peppers, but I, yeah. I mean, I anyway. do too. I mean, I didn't hate it. I thought it tasted great, yeah. you know? So I was like, okay. So I just let it sit for, I don't know, has it been a week? Yeah. 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 Um, it's a really long week. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I think it's a lot better now. Um, cool. I'm, st- I'm still not getting the chocolate. Mm. I I get it more like, so this week than last week. I put week. like eight ounces of Ghirardelli chocolate in there. Well, give it another week. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We're also joined by Powers. Hi. Powers, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? Man, I'm doing well. All right. Thank you. Yep. Anything, uh, did you do anything fun this week with beer? Uh, well, I have the 
I have the beginner brew kit beer that I brewed last week that we talked about. It has done okay. All right. Has it exploded yet? <laughs> no, it actually didn't explode because I did the blow-off tube method that okay. the instructions instructed me to use. <laughs> yes. All right. Go figure. Yes. It worked. It it fermented, left it left the blow-off tube in there for about two and a half days, and then I set up the airlock once everything started to kind of calm down. We were a little bit concerned about the sediment last week. It was about a... There's kind of a third of the gallon was just sediment when yeah. we left last week. It, it was, was pretty thick. It was pretty thick. I mean... And creamy. We we did kind we of skip the, the straining. Yeah, right. The bunghole. <laughs> that too. We did kind of skip that straining step when we were when we were funneling the beer into the... No, 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 not really. Not really. We, we, we strained it and then it got too slow and then we got impatient and we took the strainer it was, out. It was fine. Yes, but now the sediment is down to about an eighth of the gallon, which should be much better, and it's looking pretty good right now, hasn't exploded, and I'll be bottling that in about a week. All right. Fantastic. Some breweries filter in microns, we filter in macrons. Oh, gosh. Or maybe centimeters. Is that a thing? (laughs) Just enough (laughs) through your fingers. Right? (laughs) Essence of fingers. All the strange man. Well, that's the voice of Travis. Travis, how are you, man? I'm doing excellent. Thank you. You're welcome. And my house is full of fermenting things right now. Yeah, we saw the pictures saw in the group it text. Is like five carboys going or yes. something. With, with, a, with a couple of blow-off tubes, right? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Which one exploded? That was the uh, the one we brewed last week. Explosion. <laughs> um, what was oh. it? The, oh, the winter spice beer. Yes. Yeah, because I had, let's see, I had, I had pitched the yeast that night which would have been Sunday night, and then woke up the next morning, and I could hear... <laughs> and so I'm thinking, okay, so it's, it's obviously fermenting. And I go in there, look at it, and you know, enough Krausen had gone up through the blow-off tube, and it was in the... what I used sanitizer, and so mm-hmm. it was all foaming over, and it had turned brown because so much crap uh, had gone in it, and it was just going all over the place wow and so i had to had to quickly switch it out and then clean it up uh so that one may be a little hot because it okay. fermented well you very pitched, vigorously and you pitched that night what temperature was your word at when you pitched well i mean it was really cold that day and so we had chilled it to about 70 degrees it sat okay. in the car for several more hours so it hmm. was probably fine yeah uh, yeah i don't think it would um it was just really fermentable and which yeast did you use uh, let's see, I double pitched two packets oh. of, it was something I hadn't used before, Danstar Nottingham. Okay. That might have been yeast. why it was so, uh, could have been active. Yeah. But yeah. I got that going in the ale pail. I have a, what else did I do? Crap. I don't remember. Oh, I have uh, oatmeal, oatmeal stout. Oh yeah. The one, same recipe I'm going to do for your wedding. So that one awesome. is actually in a keg now. And then I also have the legacy hop beer that I'm doing for Blue Bonnet. And that one's just a small batch, three gallons, trying to do a New England IP for that. We'll see how that turns out. In my fermenting chamber, I have a lager, first lager I've done. The poo right. chamber. And that is a Hellesbach. So I'll probably drink that around spring break. I have a question. Yes. Do you think it'll be Hellas good? I'm hoping so. Because okay. <laughs> if I'm investing two months of my time in that, it better be. Yeah. And then there's something else. 
Oh, I've got a, uh, the Imperial Stout is in secondary now. So I got five gallons of that just chilling. God, you have a lot of beer. So <laughs> I was about to say, it sounds like you have about 23 times more beer fermenting than I do right now. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. One gallon. Yes, yeah. the one gallon that I have. And I'm just like, I'm I'm caring for this gallon like it's like, like I'm a mother bird. And I'm like, I want this to be good. And Travis is over here like, I've got a, you know, I've got six barrels. I don't even remember what I've got anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Powers, do you rock your beer to sleep at night? <laughs> you better not. That's going to yeah, arouse no. sediment. <laughs> no, leave it be, Powers. I will. I will say though that I can tell that Anna's starting to be because you know when I had the blow off tube set up, I had the bowl on the floor, and that's also where the dog kennel is, where her dog's mm. kennel is, and so I, I had to tell her like, hey, we have to keep that closet door shut when uh, when the dog is out because I don't want her drinking the sanitized water, thinking that it's her water bowl, and she's like, why do we have to do that? And I'm like, it's just for two days. And then, of course, she's she's talking about, like, you know, turning the heat up. And I'm like, let's not turn it up too hot. Yeah. You know, like, keep it around 70. That should be comfortable, right? And she's like, why are you ruining my life? <laughs> you know, funny <laughs> story about that problem. Uh, a couple years ago, uh, in my last apartment, my heater went out in the middle of winter. So it was really cold one night. And I had just brewed my first, I don't know, or no, actually my second, my, my second beer, my third beer ever. And they were fermenting away in the closet, you know, like usual, and... The heat goes out, and I'm like, "Oh God, what am I going to do now?" Right. So, Blankets. oh, I had Eating every pad. every single blanket in my apartment wrapped around those two things while you were sitting in the corner <laughs> in the fetal position, shivering. <laughs> yeah, drinking whiskey, trying to stay warm. It's got priority. Yeah, right. <laughs> got to get that beer going, man. So, yeah, I feel your pain. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, but today we're also joined by Tony. Tony, say hi. Hey, welcome everybody. Hey, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Our in-studio audience. Yeah, welcome yes. to <laughs> our laugh track. <laughs> so Tony's a, a friend of ours from the Homebrew Club, Captain here. Uh, why don't you give us a little history on your your beer escapade? <laughs> I, I think I did that once already. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, listen back to our blue. No, 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 uh, that doesn't mix it. Yeah. That you may recognize him from <clears throat> such episodes as yeah, um, blue bonnet, <laughs> blue bonnet. So I, I've night. had a really good week actually. This week uh, it's just been kegging, uh, kegged up the uh, prickly pear ale. Every year I make a prickly pear ale, and uh, mm. it gets a little better every time. Uh, this one I had changed a few things up. I dropped some. Uh, uh, styrian and as a bittering hop and it was a little too much it's gonna mm. have to it's gonna have to set a little bit longer than normal to kind of break break that alpha acid down but uh brew it with the citra hops and really brings out the flavor of the prickly pear and i, I like it. it's very drinkable it's very sessionable beer it's just a typical american blonde ale how do you utilize <laughs> the prickly pear so um when I first started doing it and if if you go out to my youtube there's a video showing me how to prepare prickly pears fresh uh, using a, a, a Miro hand juicer that was made in the 40s. Uh, Miro was a, a, a aluminum manufacturer for World War II. After World War II, they were, had all these leftover aluminum, so they said, what are we going to do? And they, they built one of the finest hand juicers I've ever seen. It's really important that you use a hand juicer when you prepare prickly pears uh, fresh because you don't want to crack the seeds. It puts a really bad off flavor in the juice. And uh, I make it for my sister. She makes a jelly, but uh, out of it too. But now I purchase a nectar. There's really only one company in America that sells a pure, unadulterated, no sugar added extract nectar, and that's the Arizona Cactus Company in uh, 
uh, New Mexico. So uh, I wonder this if- reminds me of the agave nectar in the Sidewinder. <laughs> <laughs> that drop actually came from the very first yeah. mead episode. And I was oh, freaking hammered too. Yeah, I, uh, I, yeah, I, you know, I actually had the opportunity to listen to your previous mead recordings. Oh yeah, mm. oh, Jesus, I should have done that. <clears throat> He's more prepared than I am. Four, four hours, I'll never get back. But that was it. Was a lot of fun. You guys, welcome had a lot, to the y'all, podcast. Y'all had a good time. <laughs> Um, no, we always have a good time. Oh yeah. So I had the so I had the prickly pear and put that on the uh, put that on the keg. I also had the iron mash. I don't know if your listeners are familiar. Iron mash is uh, put on every year. It's uh, sponsored by RAR and Vince Turley, a member of the club. He's such a saint. He puts this thing together every year, and and it's like you know it's like iron uh, the iron chef. We never know what we're going to get till we walk in the door and they say, "Here's your ingredients." It's always a surprise. And this year was uh, uh, the 16th annual, so the theme was. Uh, sweet 16 um, mm. and we got tons and tons of awful sugars to put in our beers and uh, we we put together an american honey wheat i've brought some of it here since you're doing meads mead is honey so we we had brewed a, an american honey wheat beer and uh, it's absolutely delicious i uh, i really like the way it turned out and right. i'm excited Fantastic. for that awesome and uh yesterday i, I was i mentioned to y'all earlier i went uh, i judged uh, uh, the knife hand cup competition it's a, a three-part uh, event <clears throat> this uh this round of judging was uh, dark loggers and dark ales and um, we had some fantastic entries from all over america it was it was a really good time and uh um learned something about some different styles that you don't really mm. get a, get our hands on we had a dark mild entry that was fantastic entry, and that was a hard episode for us to do, yeah. <laughs> especially yeah. since there aren't any dark milds. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, so we, we got to we got to taste some really good classic styles. There were good some sh- good Schwartz beers in there, and uh, if anybody's interested, there's still one more round of the event. You can go check it out: knifehandcup.com, all one word. Uh, the last, I think, this last round is going to be IPAs and light ales and American styles, uh, and that judging is going to happen in july awesome right have they done the award ceremony for iron mash yet no entries are due uh next saturday okay so yeah we missed out on it this year yeah um yeah i missed you guys you guys were out there recording last year yeah enjoyed having you guys i don't remember much (laughs) i don't either i just remember he was out there yeah (laughs) yeah we had some kind of scheduling conflict probably my fault but <laughs> i um, had i had a show i went to rent oh yeah is that that's right. oh so that's right. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> mm-hmm. i deserve that <laughs> it's all right travis <laughs> don't say stuff like that while i'm drinking <laughs> two tickets to rent here you go <laughs> we interviewed tony last time we were at iron Mash. um and we did yes i don't remember that but unfortunately the uh the switch had turned off by that point and so we we didn't capture that on recording but that was towards the end of the day and i remember going over their tent it was hot side aeration right we are not a myth we are hot side aeration yeah and i remember going over there and and I don't exactly remember what we talked about, but I remember leaving with a smile. So <laughs> it must have been God. fun. Well, that that year we actually brewed. A, a, we made an attempt to brew a wee heavy. We ended up having to deconcoct it a couple of times because of a stuck sparge issues. But we made it through all of it, and the recipe was fantastic. 
we ended up re-entering it in the uh, Cap and Hair does a master brew. I don't know if your uh, listeners know about the Cap and Hair as a, a master brew competition where we all get together and throw a few entries in. It's just trying to get feedback, really. Mm. Um, but that one took a blue ribbon that month. Nice. So Fantastic. It did take a while to age that one out. It, it, oh, it had to age that one out about four months in the bottle to really get it to to the sweet mm. spot, you know. Fantastic. Nice. It's tremendous. All right, well, uh, shall we move along? Yeah, well, uh, thank you to our listeners. Uh, be sure to uh, hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Also, check out all of our other good stuff, like on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, if it would ever be ran by that one person. Have we checked the email recently? <laughs> yes. Okay. Do we have anything? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> email us, please. Yeah. We're lonely. So One day we'll... Uh, Figure out our Google number and check that voicemail box. We, we have a Google number still? <laughs> yeah, it's still on our website. Uh, I think we tied that to my phone number, too. Uh-huh. So I've probably been blocking those phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, well. Yeah. All right, so do we have anything interesting for brews in the news? Oh, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> So uh, U.S. Today or USA Today uh, put out a thing about uh, beers that we no longer really drink anymore. Okay. Ten. Schlitz. Schli- I was going to say the Schlitz. <laughs> what is that? The ten. Schlitz. <laughs> Number ten is the most popular, and it goes to the least popular. So I'll just kind of go through these quickly. Okay. Uh, Ice House is number yeah. ten. Okay. All right. And this is up until 2016, in between 2011 and 2016. This is the Deep Ellum IPA. Uh, no, no, Chris, lots of people still drink that. They didn't quite make this list, unfortunately. Um, number nine, Miller Lite. Really? Really. Huh. Again, this is most popular to least popular. Yeah, but still it made the top ten. Yeah, no, well, number eight is Bud Light. What the? Okay. Yeah. So, I guess everyone's drinking craft beer now. Yeah. Anyone want to guess what seven is? Coors. Coors Light? Actually, that didn't even make the list. Oh, jeez. <laughs> because you drink yeah, all of it. <laughs> yeah, I drink all of it. <laughs> no, actually, number seven is Bush. That is... I sell so much Bush at QT. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> and and it's, you drop. And it's in those... <laughs> That's, how, that's your side gig, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Thanks for that, Powers. you got you to gotta have that side hustle when they're only paying you as much as Quickter pays you. So, so with Ice House, in 2016, they shipped 1.4 million barrels, all right, just in that one year. I remember that. Ice House? Yeah. yeah. Bush, they shipped 4.8 million barrels. I bet Rolling Rock's on there. <clears throat> Next one is Natty Ice. It's just gross. Number five is Budweiser. Okay. Number four is Natty Light. All right. Number three is Miller High Life because we always have to live. That's the high champagne life. of champagne. beer. Champagne. Yeah. Has it been reclassified <laughs> as champagne then? <laughs> <laughs> well, it does comment that it is the champagne of beers. <laughs> number two, Keystone Light. Keystone. And number one. When I was talking to my dad about Bush, I'm I'm looking at your phone so I can guess pretty correctly. Yeah, don't guess. (laughs) Any other guesses? No? All right. Bud Light Lime. Why am I not surprised? They only shipped one million barrels of that stuff in 2016. Hmm. Only. Only. 
compared to like the 13 million barrels that Bud Light did. Funny there story. are definitely some bad hombres here today. <laughs> Funny, so essentially, they're just they, yeah. no one's drinking the water anymore, right? But you know, Coors Light didn't make the list, so yeah, I think USA Today just wrote down as many beer names as they can remember. <laughs> they didn't. Now, I'm gonna call fake news on them. I don't believe that story. Well, I have a funny story about Miller High Life, just related to Quick Trip. Is at the store that I used to look work at. We used to have this old uh, British Navy, Navy veteran come in, like super old, super British, and he would walk in and he would buy like four thirty-two ounce cans of Miller High Life every day. Right? Oh my God! <laughs> and you know that, that that's one of those where we only have like one <clears throat> slot for it, so we run out of that. We run out of that, you know, semi consistently. And so he would just walk in. He'd walk straight to that beer door, and if he didn't see the Miller High Life where it was, he'd like he he'd just be like, "Where's my beer?" <laughs> and, I'd be, and the first time this happened, I was like, "Where? What beer are you talking about, sir?" It's called the Champagne of Beers. <laughs> Was he drunk already? <laughs> well, I had to ask my manager, like, should I sell to him? Like, he seems a little overserved. And my manager was just like, no, that's just him. That's just him. Just, just get his beer and get him out the door. He, don't worry, we've never gotten in trouble. And I'm just like, this is weird. Oh my <laughs> that's god! Funny. All right. Well, moving on. <laughs> this comes to us from Oak Cliff Brewing Company. How does 99 years of free beer sound? Like a dang miracle. Like yeah. you're never going to cash in <laughs> oh, on all of yeah. it. Yeah, well, it yeah. Act- actually, it sounds more like $1,000 worth of beer, but, you know. <laughs> uh, I looked at that. Mar- I, had to, miracle. I had to think about it for a second. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Joel Denton, the brewer founder of soon-to-be Oak Cliff Brewing Company, just launched a crowdfunding campaign to help finish off his tap room. The feature deal, the feature deal is 99 years of free beer for a $1,000 contribution. And Denton's already gotten four takers. So they have four people that have actually done this already. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but he's fielding even more questions about the specifics of the Oak Cliff Brewing Society memberships. Uh, let's see. There's the obvious, like, how many free beers can you drink a day? That would be one 16-ounce pour. Mm. Then there are more uh, historic questions. Some guy asked me if he could put the 99 years of beer in his will. Hmm. Could it, oh, so transferred on down to your heirs. Yeah, and and Denton said that he had never thought of that. The answer to that question is yes. Denton decided one transfer of membership will be allowed during the ninety nine years. Wow. Fair. Yeah. So ninety nine years of free beer, one thousand eh, dollars might be worth it. So where is that? Oak Cliff Brewing. Yeah, but where? Uh, Oak Cliff. Oh, it's in Oak Cliff. <laughs> Let's see. It's uh, the third. Or let's see. The fourteen thousand square foot tap room is slated to debut around March in an industrial space at thirteen hundred South Polk along the Dart Rail Line. That's now home to co-working spaces, crafters, and artists. Oak Cliff saw uh, twenty or twenty goes through there, right? Or is it uh, I think it's more thirty. Yeah. like thirty right before okay. you get into downtown. Pretty much between thirty and a little bit north of twenty, really, is like along thirty-five and sixty-seven, kind mm. of there. That's because I used to work in North Oak Cliff, and that uh, that that was just a, about a mile south of thirty, right there. And, it's not yeah. too far from here, but yeah, yeah. I had so. to think about that for a second because I saw that advertised on Facebook, and I saw it, and I was just like, man, if I had just like an extra thousand dollars, I might just do that. But then I realized I'd have to go to this brewery right. yeah. anytime I wanted that beer, and I'm really just 
banking on hoping that beer is good. And I yeah, think, what would happen if it wasn't? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it would be better if you could also redeem that same thing in a store. Oh, you yeah. know, like Total Wine coupons. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. coupon. Yeah, because I would be down for that. That way, I wouldn't have to go to Oak Cliff. But then again, I go to <laughs> Dallas every Wednesday night, so it's not like it's a big deal. Yeah. They do growler feels. Oh, yeah. Just walk in yeah. with 32 every couple of days. And- yeah. <laughs> It'd be yeah. nice if it was like the lottery and you can take just a lump sum payment. <laughs> I'm going to take all my beers today. 67 <laughs> gallons right yep. now. <laughs> <laughs> and that is your breeze in the news. <laughs> so what do we talk about today? Well, I think since we have so many different styles of mead. Coors Light. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Bourbon barrel-aged Coors Light. Oh, there God. Go. There's a concept. Um, we got some <laughs> no, gentleman Jack. No. Pour some in a Coors Light. And get dilly, dilly. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, the commercial. The Dilly Dilly commercial. Sushies. <laughs> Sports. Um, I had to explain that commercial to Courtney last night at Applebee's. <laughs> well, the funny Yahoo! thing is... The, what, 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 the, what the guy's bringing is actually a spiced honey mead that he's really into. Yeah. And he gets sent to the pit of misery. Dilly dilly. Anyway, so. It's, it's I think since we have so many different styles of mead, it might make sense to kind of review the general guidelines of that particular style as we drink it rather than try to go through all of them at once. I had a drink. Especially it. since this is mead 2.0. Three or is it three? Three, three. Oh well. See, even Tony knows. Yeah, I'm not prepared either. <laughs> I listened to the first two. If you haven't heard the first two, folks, I don't remember them. I think the first one's the best one. Go back and listen to both. <laughs> Why are you? Yelling? Oh my god, we're still doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so let's take our break and uh, we'll get our meads lined up and get started. All right, What's before next? we get into our meads, <laughs> we're going to drink Tony's beer. So, Tony, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so this come out of this is actually Hot Side Aeration's uh, brew team from Iron Mash last year. And uh, <clears throat> really excited about this one. We had uh, some great entries, uh, the, you know, the Sweet 16 thing. Everybody made something a little different. There was like, we had, we had 24 teams. No one brewed the same beer. Everybody oh, brewed wow. a different style this year. Dang. It was, a, it was, it's going to be an incredible set of entries coming in. Huh? Is there and, a birthday cake beer? That's what I'm hoping for. Uh, it's out on candles on, <laughs> on capandhair.com. You click on the Iron Mash link, and it'll show all the people who had uh, show all the entries they received. So, oh, I mean, um, there should be crawfish, right? I mean, crawfish beer. Yeah, crawfish beer. Oh yeah, that was um, that was an Iron Mash. I know. Yeah, that is the Red River. That, yeah, the Red River Red shootout. River shootout. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> so this one's a <clears throat> this was an American. Uh, technically, it's an American Oracle. wheat, which is one D on the BJCP. It's and pretty clear. We used uh, White Labs O one. Used the California yeast. Make it mm. clean. Oh. So <clears throat> um, it was really dark, and that comes from a, a little darker than you would typically find for the style. Although it's probably not outside of style. Um, one of the things that I did was investigate the not cloudy so everybody makes a wheat beer and there's a big cloud craze going on especially with new england beers mm-hmm. and stuff and i said well um maybe i could bring the color up a little and bring some of the solids out and give it a cleaner flavor if i try some clarification so i drop gelatin on it and i think boulevard 
we actually make say clear. They make a cloudy and a clear. They make an unfiltered. And I, I believe they make a clear one that looks very, very similar to this. Although the flavor mm. profile will be different because you, you'll be, you should be picking up the honey. Um, I believe we used wildflower honey. I believe that's what we were given for okay. our set of honey. The other options were brown sugars. I don't know if anybody's ever tried to cook with a brown sugar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I shot that one down with the team right away. I said it'll take us all day just to melt that sugar. <laughs> so we're not doing we're not doing that Mexican brown sugar one. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm really excited sugar. about this one. I think this one came out really good. And and if we if we win, I would just be blown away to to, to brew this on the so the winner. The listeners, the, the winner gets to brew on uh, Roar's big brew system. I think they get to brew the 14-barrel system or okay. something like wow. that. So um, I would be really, really excited to see this in their tap room and, and to, to, to make 14 barrels of this stuff would be amazing. Yeah. And it was so easy to brew. We've had so many problems over the years with the equipment and stuff, and, and um, the current system we're using is pretty, pretty efficient, and we've brewed <clears> – <throat> probably uh, 10 brews on it now since last year. And we all know our parts. We all know exactly every step of the way. And you could not have asked for a more perfect brew day. We were the first to come up with a recipe. We were the uh, uh, first to submit our recipe. And we were the first to complete and break down and uh, chill and drop it off in the fermenter. It was just, it was, it was the perfect brew day. But like I said, mm-hmm. that we, we've been working on that system all year and, and we've, we haven't added anything new that usually screws us up. We add something new to our brew system changes the whole dynamic of the way we were doing things because it changes our efficiency ratings and stuff. Um, so I'm, I'm just really excited about this beer. I think it tastes great. Mm-hmm. Well, let's take a look at it. It's a nice dark golden. Yeah color amber maybe it's clear as balls yeah it is, it is. Clear. yeah this would be described as brilliantly clear mm-hmm. especially for this style which would probably ding it and uh, a lot of people would probably say well it's you know honey wheat shouldn't be there a wheat ale shouldn't be that clear unless it's a crystal vison balls <laughs> yeah tony <laughs> completed the same course that we did uh when we were preparing for a bjcp exam and uh he is going to take the exam I am. here shortly. I am. Very soon? <laughs> Very soon. <laughs> what time is it? <laughs> well, the online is open uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, so you can get a few meads in you and then go have yeah, some fun with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I would be doing it right now, but y'all, you know, y'all want me to come to this <laughs> podcast. Oh, oh, right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well. So I definitely get the honey and the aroma. It's very sweet. Okay, I don't mean this in a negative way at all, so I apologize in advance. <laughs> Best feedback is the negative feedback. <laughs> and actually, I like this quality, but this reminds me of Angry Orchard aroma-wise. It kind of smelled like a burnt hair dryer. No. Uh, Sawyer, hey. No, 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 no. I like the aroma of Angry Orchard. I haven't had a lot of Angry Orchard, but that's a cider. It's right? a cider, yeah. yeah, and you can get it in different flavors. I think the, the main one is like green apple. Do you pick up some green apple from it? Is it a little? Yeah, for yeah. apple. I, I, maybe it needed needed a little bit more cleanup. Or? No, I don't. I don't I mean, pick up it, not not as far as like acetaldehyde is discerned. I don't pick that no, up. No, it's not it's, that it's not in a bad way at all. It's it's, it's fruity. It is fruity. Yeah, and I, I really yeah. like it. I agree with the fruity. I wouldn't I wouldn't say green apple, but it is fruity and sweet. Yeah, there's it's, something yeah. about it that just reminds yeah. me of of, yeah. of the of the cider. And I, do you and remember? I really like it. Do you remember your statistics? 
Wow. <laughs> How much of that? Like uh, your OG, FG, ABV, anything like that? Yeah, yeah. Let me uh, give me just a minute. I can pull some of that up. Um, I'm going to say we finished at uh, 1054, and the target recipe was calling for 1056. So okay. maybe, maybe got a little less efficiency than we thought we would yeah. out of it. And you started brewing um, at like nine. So that's a pretty good brew day. Yeah, well, finished at ten fifty four. Two hours. Really fast brewing. Start to finish. Um, Is it extract? <laughs> <laughs> or is that one gallon? Oh, they they oh, did oh, not oh. give us extract. <laughs> I need to repitch. I forgot to repitch. I need to repitch. <laughs> I'll do that today when I get home drunkenly. Oh, yeah, boy. the floral notes come through. You can get yeah, the, yeah. the mm-hmm. sense of the wildflower. Yeah, in the aroma. Maybe that's what I'm getting. And like a touch of a of a candied sweetness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the uh, <clears throat> word. So the grain bill was uh, Texas wildflower desert honey. It was two pounds of that. We used uh, a couple of ounces of U.S. lemon drop for mm. the, uh, and I th- I think the concept we were kind of shooting for is lemon and honey was mm. a complementary flavor. I so we dropped lemon drop in there. I can kind of mm. see that. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I think I think that's what I've been trying to <laughs> because I've been sitting here kind of quietly trying to figure out what in the world. You know, I'm, I, I like, you know, th- there was something I was trying to, to catch. And, yeah, a little bit of that kind of citrusy mm-hmm. lemon. Like, not necessarily citrusy, but lemon flavored for sure. I can I can yeah. catch that just on, on the on the taste. That's you you pick it up sense. on the front end. You yeah. pick, pick up the lemon on the front end, and then it kind of washes clean on the back, back yes. sides. So. Yeah, it's really nice. It's sessionable. Yeah. For sure. Can, so so we might have overdone it with the honey. We ended up dropping an extra pound of Gambrius 20L. The honey okay. malt in there, so uh, that's you know it's adding a little extra boost to your honey flavors, and um, uh, just finished it with the the white uh, white lab so one uh, to give so, it a nice clean profile on the on the esters. Would the actual honey that go in the boil? It did go in the boil at the beginning or at the end. Um, let me see if I took some notes on that. I believe we did that on the end of the boil. That was uh, like the last fifteen minutes or so. That probably give you the most. Tossed flavor. a Warflock tablet in there, and yeah, and, uh, and uh, of course we had to. That honey was in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. We had to drop that uh, drop that glass down in the you know down in the in the kettle and get, you know get it washed out. Try and get as much out of it as we could. Hmm. It definitely comes through in the flavor. You yeah. definitely get the honey, especially on the the sides of the mouth. There's a little bit of a uh, sweetness there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a great beer. I love yeah. this beer. Yeah, this is great. Oh my gosh. And well, you had the ABV? Uh, yeah, so we uh, kicked off at 10, 1050, 1050, uh, 1054, and I believe this is finished really close to 1010, um, just before I kegged it. So like mid fives? Yeah. Yeah. Five, 5.6, I think, was what ABB. Did you have to add oh, four and a half pounds of corn sugar? <laughs> well, yeah, it was, that was one of the things is, you know, we we didn't need a lot of heavy grain because all that honey is just yeah. pure mm-hmm. conversion. There's almost yeah. nothing left of it. And uh, that that might have been one of the reasons I suggested we throw in the extra honey malt to push it up. If it, you know, if it broke out down too much of it, then we wouldn't be left with a lot in the flavor right. if it's going through the primary. So yeah. since I wasn't dumping in the secondary and I really was not a fan of that idea, I don't think anyone suggested that. Mm-hmm. Um, we just threw in a little extra, extra pound of honey malt to kind of pull it through. 
Yeah, yeah, because from from what I know and what people told me about honey is that it the flavor will ferment out. So a lot of people will, if they want a really strong honey flavor, they'll like add it to bottling or uh, secondary or something. But um, going in the boil, I'm I'm picking up a lot of it here. I've never brewed with honey, so I don't have any experience with that. But I'm definitely picking some up. It was a lot of fun. I'll, I'll definitely brew this one again, mm-hmm. just just on our own. I learned a lot about the uh, adding fruits and stuff the first time I tried to brew my prickly peril. I put it in the primary, and what a huge mistake that was! I lost so much. <laughs> oh no! Through fermentation, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it just did all that went through that whole conversion, and you know, there's almost nothing left by the time you got to the secondary. So I learned my lesson about ordering pure nectars, no sugar added, and just you get the pure flavor in the secondary. So. I'd be interested to see a side-by-side with just the base recipe and then one with the extra honey malt that you added. See what kind of difference the malt made versus the actual honey. That'd be fun. That'd be a fun experiment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you've brewed with that before, Chris, right? Yeah, I've used the honey malt, but Under it... Kolsch, maybe? Uh, it was something like that. I don't remember. It wasn't a whole lot. Uh, I just wanted a little bit of residual sweetness. Um, I don't remember what it was, but I... I wasn't really sure how much honey flavor it actually imparted on whatever it was I was brewing. So um, I've, I've brought three meads here. The legendary James Alon was kind enough to uh, um, he was kind enough to donate some to the podcast, and uh, he was supposed to give me a little background information on some of them, but I didn't quite sync up with them in time. This one here says Yalpon. December of 2015 on this bottle of mead. And I did a little looking it up and it's, uh, it's supposed to make you vomit. I hope so. we don't. Well, the actual, uh, so the actual we yarp on just, <laughs> we're starting with this one. Yeah. That's a good uh, way to start. Okay, so there is, there's the, the codes on the side, uh, S S S and S. So semi sweet still. And what's the third S there's not a standard strength. Vomit. Yeah. I think that's it. So semi sweet, uh, still and standard strength. Okay. That's what this one is. So I did a little looking up of this Yapon. Uh, it's it's like Hollyberry. Uh, apparently the Native Americans. Halle uh, Berry? Like the actress? Yes. Wow. Just <laughs> exactly. She's so hot right now. She put her in a bottle? <laughs> if you could just bottle that stuff yeah. up. <clears throat> All right. This is getting weird. <laughs> <laughs> it also says Texas honey meat on it too. So whatever. Uh, he did say that he did verify that is Yalpon that he used in that. It's it's uh, it's like a hollyberry. The Indians would make teas out of it and use it in rituals. And somehow yeah. there became a confusion that drinking that caused you to vomit. So the Europeans gave it a Latin name of uh, uh, indicating that it was something that would make you vomit. However, that's that's been disproven over time. So, well, it's uh, it's hazy, hazy. yeah, hazy, yeah, sure. hazy appearance, golden. Yeah, mm-hmm. color it does have a little bit of carbonation to it. Yeah, yeah. I don't. It may not actually be still. Oh, it smells really good. Yeah. Well, if it sat around for a couple of years, oh then my god, could have had a little bit of. I that. get so much alcohol in the aroma. Really? Yes. Yeah. What? It, what? What I am going to say right now is that this will be the first time I've actually ever had mead. Cheers, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a homemade mead. Yes. <laughs> and uh, let's hope we don't vomit. A lot of honey. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do get a lot of honey and sweetness in the aroma. Some alcohol. Yeah. The, I wouldn't say it's over the top, though, for, for the style. Yeah, the, the honey sweetness is is still evident. Um, you get get a nice a nice bit of the flavor. 
yeah. and certainly I'd say alcohol warming. <laughs> Sorry, what? Alcohol. Yeah. How are you feeling over there, Travis? <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I'm not doing. <laughs> All right, Mike. There's that yell pun. Yep. <laughs> Either that or just taking after Mike Wynn. I pick up, it's, it's like a wildflower honey mm-hmm. and, and a bit fusel. Yeah. Uh, uh, slightly fusel. Yeah, there's some there's some heat there. There is, a, there is a slight haze, but it's not like, you know, it's not like terribly too thick. Yeah. yeah. No, you can get light through it for sure. Almost see silhouettes through it. So I am getting some carbonation. In, in the mouthfeel, so yeah. maybe it did carb up in the bottle a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, we don't have the... Uh, over a year old. We don't have the category introduction sheet with us, but I think the different... You've got still is no carbonation, and then pet, petulant, I think, is one where it's like sort of carbed, and then you've got the really heavy carbonation one, um, effervescent, no... <sighs> I don't remember. I, I couldn't find it in the app. I'd have to go get the actual uh, physical notebook to see the, the category introduction page. I can pick that up, that tinge on the tongue that's kind of carbonic a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Boy, that is hot going down. It, yeah. It yeah, sure it's, is. It's warming. Thank you, James, if you're listening. <laughs> that's the good stuff. So for semi-sweet, um, it's M1B. Uh, we'll just do overall impression on this right now. Um Similar in balance, body and finish, and flavor intensity to a semi-sweet or medium-dry white wine with a pleasant mixture of honey character, light sweetness, soft fruity esters, and clean alcohol. Complexity, harmony, and balance of sensory elements are most desirable with no inconsistencies in color, aroma, flavor, or aftertaste. Proper balance of sweetness, acidity, alcohol, and honey character is the essential final measure of any mead. So, balance. Uh, flavor, subtle to moderate honey character and may feature subtle to noticeable varietal character if a varietal honey is declared. Residual sweetness levels are subtle to moderate, medium dry to lightly sweet finish. Tannin levels may make a sweet mead seem medium dry. Sulfury, harsh, or yeasty fermentation characteristics are undesirable. Standard description applies for remainder of characteristics, whatever that means. Yeah, so entering a mead, you have to declare several things. Sweetness level can be either dry, semi-sweet, or sweet. Carbonation level may be still, petulant, or sparkling. Strength may be uh, categorized as a hydromel, standard, or sack strength. Honey variety uh, and any special ingredients that you add as well. So all those things need to go in for it. I'm not getting so much heat or alcohol that it's turning me off of it. No. Oh, no, not at all. I could drink this all day. It's warming. It's sweet. It's got a slight carbonation to it, which I think I prefer over the still. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not, like, way carbonated. It's just barely there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, This is fantastic. This is really good. (laughs) Uh, I wish we had an ABV on it. A lot. That I would venture to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the SS might be sack strength, which means it could be higher alcohol than we think. Did you say sack? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Saccharomyces. <laughs> which is the highest level. It's not exactly what I was okay. thinking about, but okay. <laughs> so I was trying to find a little something about the special ingredient. Um, it was a major source of caffeine for the first couple of thousand years here in North America. Oh, no. 
<laughs> so you might get a little hyped up. You might have a little, uh, little, little bit of a caffeine buzz off. We got of our it. uppers and our downers that we're mixing here. Yeah, yeah right. Am I gonna feel buzz my heart beer. beat in my eyeballs? <laughs> James invented buzz mead. Um, I was trying to find a description of the flavor to try and see if we can if we can nail it, but the best description I found is it's similar to green tea but less intense. So if you're familiar mm, with the, okay. a green tea, which isn't actually yeah. a pungent, very pungent flavor like a, a citrus, but I pick up a little yeah. bit of citrus. Me, you kind of pick up a little bit of an orange type of flavor on the yeah. backwash. I don't. Yeah. I was trying to figure out if a that little. was the actual. Yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking. Is it, I was thinking like orange blossom honey. So it, it does have that orange character to it. A little bit. Um, some yeah. Citrus. We got one of those to try also. Yeah. And I. <laughs> yeah, there is one out there. Oh, okay. Well, maybe he used the same base recipe and just added the Yelpon. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not going to be okay. Because, <laughs> see, this one this one says traditional SS Pet ST 2016. Sounds like a car. Semi-sweet. What's the ST? So traditional strength, semi-sweet, petulant, and ST 2016. I don't know what that means. I'm trying to decode James's bottles here, but... <laughs> We should just call him. <laughs> Patch him in. Drink more Ovaltine, please. <laughs> what? It's a crummy commercial. Well, we'll go so, to open um, the next one. Pass it around. Do we want to do... <laughs> I, I would be very hesitant to put on the air a BJCP rating for James Lalonde's Meads. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so um, forty five. Forty five, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, forty five next next one. Is he Grandmaster so, level three? Four. Four. Oh, so he's nice. good. He's way he's up. Super there. black belt. <laughs> okay. He's he's and, super uh, man. He's so, legendary. So this is kind of his thing, mead? Or, well, is, or is he just like good at brewing everything? everything. So, so one of the things okay. I'd really love to see James get is the AHA top award for mead i mean that's probably the one thing he hasn't got in his collection of really of yeah. awards it's it's uh that's that's a tough one you know uh, blue bonnet stein and mead obviously is 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 always honorable but to get a nationals would probably uh that would probably be the pinnacle of of his passion in this hobby yeah <clears throat> yeah this is this is phenomenal i um <laughs> i had the opportunity to judge james's mead in our master brew competition and it was uh it was a very very solid score uh, mm-hmm. it, it it did extremely well so um i yeah. would imagine all all three of these are going to be you know world-class examples <laughs> Ooh, yeah <laughs> i don't know i just because we've had a lot of james's beers over the years uh mm-hmm. we've had a lot of his meads and they're all just it's really hard to find a fault with them. Yeah. And actually, mead certification is different than the certification that Travis and I have. Right. So we're not even certified at, at the same <laughs> level to do meads as we are with, with beer. So you are I, not worthy. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't have the palate to, to discern the fine points of a mead. Hmm. Uh, Open not, up the next one. It's not nearly as trained. Now, should we do? We could do poundability. Oh yeah, uh, we never did poundability on the uh, honey wheat, which I would put at like a nine point five. <laughs> poundability at ten. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with powers. Yeah, on that, that was one. very poundable. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It is very sessionable beers. Yes. 
Now, you could get carried away. You don't. I think with the sweetness, it disguises the fact that you're pushing close to six percent ABV. Mm-hmm. You know, so you might get a. <clears throat> I might have once or twice gotten a little carried away as I was kegging. Uh, <laughs> but thank you very much for the poundability rating. Yeah, it was very, very tasty, very smooth. I would say on this one, well, Powers, you just pounded that, so let me know what you. <laughs> oh, that's like a two. That's a, all right. So <laughs> yeah. the Yalpon Mead, that's a, a two. I would, I would say like a, a three. There's a, it's very strong flavor. A lot of, go, a lot of things going on there. I'm gonna say one. Yeah, the warmth gets you before you'd finish pounding the whole thing yeah for sure i i had maybe just like the last gulp of that glass and even pounding that was just woof (laughs) but you know delicious experience but yeah the warmth really gets to you before you yeah you take it down your throat (laughs) oh my god powers okay you know eventually you'll just learn you know Jeez. It just got launched into my throat. And boom, there it was Selling more than Bush down at the QT. Oh, no. Yep. You know it. You just got to go see Pow Pow. <laughs> All right. So this one does say Orange Blossom on the label. Traditional, that semi-sweet, petulant. And then that ST2016, which I don't know what it means. Super um, transient. Well, it's a big S and a little T. Oh, well, maybe super. Sweet. I don't know. Standard, standard maybe. Standard. Yeah. Oh, that super teen. So, but I don't know traditional. Maybe just it's just super a traditional tree. mead using honey blossom honey. Yeah, or orange blossom honey. That's a, a category, right? Traditional. Yeah. So this is probably about as as basic sunny time mead as you get. Yeah. Very very. So you would go in the M one category, traditional mead. And Guys, I'm feeling good. Dry mead, semi-sweet, or sweet. Which one did you say it was? Semi-sweet. Okay. So M1B. And then he declared the style of honey, which is appropriate. Standard strength. Okay. It's good job, clear. James, on entering it correctly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, say that this is pretty clear, like almost clear as yeah, balls. It's yeah, it's a little hazy. A little bit of haze, but so not maybe too not much. clear as balls. Yeah. Slight bubbles. It's like mm-hmm. just a little bit of. And I, I tried to <laughs> Travis, work up a bit of a head. It kind of looks like your carbonation. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> so the this one's a petulant. So yeah. it should be like the medium carbonation level, right? Mm-hmm. The aroma is a lot different. Yeah, for it sure. It is a lot of honey on that. You know what this Obviously. aroma reminds me of? Uh, it remind not of Hacker Shore, but uh, it reminds <laughs> me of. Um, the blonde at um, Hot Fusion. Mm, I can see that. Oh, no, yeah, the no. honey. Yeah. I was going to say what that does he put in there? Vanilla? Vanilla, honey, it's, and hibiscus. It's Macy's. Yeah. Is it hibiscus? I think it is. I was going to say it's got way too much vanilla on that. Uh, on the it's hot a honey vanilla, vanilla. Wow. I'm just saying it kind of reminds me of that beer. I'm not this saying reminds it's that me beer. of when I was in like kindergarten, first grade. Okay, this is getting weird. I You're would drinking in damn. kindergarten. You get a problem, dude. Yeah. I know I say drunk already. I know I say AAs for quitters, but geez. <laughs> no, I would go to school and I would have a peanut butter and honey sandwich. Oh. And the just the <laughs> with a little bit of meat in there too. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it looks like a juice box, but I wish. It's really <laughs> you know. You got to you got to do whatever it takes to make it to nap time. Okay? Yeah, so and that would knock you out too. 
<laughs> what I was saying, like the just the sweetness and the the pungency of the honey. Obviously, there's no peanut butter in this, but when I smell it, I was I immediately thought of a peanut butter and honey sandwich without the peanut butter. Yeah, I no, I got I I I actually completely it's agree just, with that. If you get just store bought honey and you open it up and you smell it, that's what this smells like to me. It also with kinda, some alcohol mixed in. <laughs> remember when I brewed the uh, the imperial blonde with agave nectar and paradise seeds for Frado's wedding? Yes. This this smell reminds me of the agave nectar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> this reminds the agave nectar in the sidewinder. Reminds me of the agave nectar in the sidewinder. Does anybody get any? Does anybody get any orange in the aroma? Yeah. Uh, a little bit yeah. citrus. I gotta take my glasses like off to get deeper into this thing. Maybe like orange, just orange peel, or like sweet orange. It's a, <clears throat> sweeter like a mango, maybe a, mm. a little, little sweeter citrus. I get a little bit of Because it makes you want a mango. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Here goes another cue. Yeah. Um, it makes you want a mango. <laughs> it's uh, it's interesting you mentioned the peanut butter, um, because when you, when you first pour, I've been aerating it a little bit and trying to warm it up with my hand before I taste it. When you first poured it, it had kind of, and I, no offense, James, it had kind of a, a pasty scent well, on the front. End. He doesn't listen. <laughs> it had kind of this uh, a pasty residual kind of scent on the front end of it, and then you pick up this mm-hmm. sweet, um, I don't know, like a, a clementine kind of orange mm-hmm. flavor on the back end. And I couldn't figure out what that was. I knew that wasn't spice, but now that you say the word peanut butter, it yeah. really did have that. Now, it's, yep. now that, like I said, now that I'm aerating it, I'm noticing, mm-hmm. I'm noticing it less and less. Maybe I'm desensitizing myself to it, but it did kind of have a peanut butter scent on the front end when you first poured it you ever had a peanut butter and honey sandwich uh with mead in a juice box (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, food pairings i have not i have been i have been sheltered you just pull out the star wars lunch pail that was (laughs) evil knievel on the box (laughs) that was my lunch every day a peanut butter and honey sandwich it's really good did you own a star wars lunch box uh probably yeah i I was about to say like (laughs) pours himself a, a high C and a scotch. Dad, <laughs> it was a hard day. Don't get me started. We got some gentleman Jack here on the table if we want to. I'm not doing that again. Um, I counted up to 13 and I couldn't get past that. So just lay off, all right? <laughs> Give me a moment. So when you taste it, it kind of tastes like candy canes on the back end. Like peppermint? No, well, not peppermint, but just the sweetness of a candy cane. I don't. It's, it's like the aftertaste. So it's, candy, <laughs> sugar candy, more, more cane than candy. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, it is. It is um, sweet. But I don't I know don't, that I'd say like sugar. You know, we did talk about brown sugar earlier, so it might be kind of that that kind of sweetness rather than like white sugar. Well, it doesn't taste like corn, so it's not corn sugar. No. <laughs> so one of one of the things that James has mentioned to me in the past about mead making here in texas is the control of temperature it's uh it's been more difficult for for him to age out meads uh like you would in other parts of the country because of the great variation of temperatures here you know we can go from 20 degrees in the winter up to 108 in the summer and it really has an effect on how you age out your meads and so um his examples while extremely excellent are probably a lot harder to get to where he wants to to be mm-hmm. because of those those factors. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about aging something for two years at least before wow. it's drinkable. 
Uh, Travis, you and I, when we were at the Christmas party, we had a it was like a seven year old mead. That little bottle that uh, I was, ho- I was hoping shared. you were going to say something after seven year old. Wow, anyway. powers. <laughs> Um, that I'll, bottle I'll cut that, it off and make it a drop. <laughs> Jeez, um, I do like my job. Um, the <clears throat> from how, how much? No, I would like to not get fired. Thank you. Oh, okay. um, the that mead that Stephen Vicky shared with us. Uh-huh. That was a an extremely old bottle. I don't remember exactly how old it was. It was a friend of theirs, uh, but that was yeah, probably was one. probably one of the best homemade meads that i've i've ever had no offense james was that vicky's no it was a friend of theirs i thought oh i I don't remember a whole lot about the story behind it but they they did regale us with it i Mm -hmm. just don't remember yeah and that's one of the challenges of making a mead because there's there's so much that can go wrong with it and so little flavor to hide mistakes behind Mm -hmm. and especially with with a higher alcohol and, and honey is very fermentable, so you can easily get fusel alcohols and uh, so that yeah exactly right with uh, with Tony with your example about uh, temperature control that that is so crucial with this style uh, above all and just having to age it for so long uh, so I bet James really appreciates the challenge I think that's yeah because this is one of those styles that's difficult to master um, and he's mastered so many other things. And I remember he did a, a mead presentation at a club meeting, and he gave us a, a starting recipe for, for a mm-hmm. simple mead. And Brew Day was actually Brew Days. Oh. Uh, because it's it's a step process before you actually put it away to let it ferment. Right. Uh, because you have to – it's basically you're making a really big starter, and then you're making another really big starter, and another one, and you're putting them together. <laughs> and actually and and making it that way i i tried to make notes while he was talking because i've always been interested in trying to make a mead um but it was it was a very very involved process um like it, he said uh it takes four years to complete this recipe yeah good lord 12 pounds of honey three and a half gallons of must must mm-hmm. then you must Two and a half gallons of water, uh, D47 yeast, two packets for a three-gallon batch, uh, yeast nutrients, and yeast energizer. Put the yeast into a cup of 104-degree water with pitch pinch of sugar on the side. Mix honey and water. Take away one quart. Warm quart of must to about 90 degrees. Put remaining must in the fridge at 63 degrees, no higher. Essentially, make a starter on day one. Next day, stir at another teaspoon of nutrient. Day three, stir at another teaspoon of nutrient until your starter is actually ready, and then you make it all and and start ferment. So it, it, it's a very involved process, not what we're used to right. doing. I mean, when you're making a cider, you buy your cider, <laughs> pitch your yeast, and you're done. <laughs> uh, this is not that. Right. <laughs> so if any of your listeners are interested, and a shout-out to our friends at Texas Brewing, if you Google up to Texas Brewing Mead Making 101, there's a very detailed uh, example uh, uh, written and published by James on the process you're describing. You would also go uh, find us at capandhair.com, um, go into the search bar, type in mead making, 
and you'll see plenty of examples of um, where he's describing how you would heavily aerate in the first three months and you slowly add in like your descriptions, you slowly add in extra yeast over that three months and I'll speed the process up for it. What <clears throat> some mead makers were taking 12 months to make, they can actually make in three or four months now mm. Um, mm. because the technology is there and the knowledge is there. There's a lot of sharing and knowledge of how to do these. So mm, interesting. Yeah. If you're interested in doing the details, it, it's out there. All right. Good deal. This is good. Yeah, this is this is a really good example of this. <laughs> it has a um, thicker mouthfeel than I had anticipated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It feels, and maybe that's that candy you're Very talking viscous. about. It really, yes, it is. It's a high sugar content still still in it. Yeah. And this one may still have some time uh, before it gets better. I mean, it seems like the nectar of the gods just gets better year after year. Yeah, it said 2016. <laughs> so it's only a couple years old. Yeah. The orange blossom is the fragrant flower of the citrus sinus orange tree. And the way they make orange blossom honey is produced by putting beehives in the citrus groves during blooming period. This also pollinates seeded citrus varieties. Orange blossom honey is highly prized and tastes much like the fruit. So it's not actual oranges or orange peels or anything that's going in there, but it is the flower that comes off the same tree that produces oranges. Okay. And so you get some similar crossovers in the flavor. Probably I had to look some, it up because I didn't know what it was. Probably some pollen in there. I don't know. Let me put my finger in there and find out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> be sure to sanitize it first. <laughs> <clears throat> so we'll assume BJCP rating is going to be like 45 plus. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. Poundability. One. <laughs> no, I'm going to go up on that one. I can't pound this one. It's too sweet. I'm going to say three Good again. Flavor. Three. They're both a three for me. I'll go up to 2.5. Alcohol warmth wasn't there in this one, though. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't as warm. The last. It was kind of, it had some warming, but it wasn't nearly as warm as the first one. That's why I'm giving it another 0.5. I could see myself finishing a snifter of this with a nice dessert. You know, it's, Ooh, yeah. This has a very uh, dessert like, porter like feel to it. Not porter flavored uh, at all, but. Um, so I can see myself doing that. So, what's your poundability, Tony? Man, I don't even know what that means. I hear you guys talk about. So, I don't even know. As, yeah, as, I, I went through the website looking for the definition of poundable on on the Bruce Styles website. We should just put that on. Is, we probably is, should. Where is um, the description of poundable? Add well, the about tab. Yeah, because it started when we were doing Oktoberfest Fest beers, and the reason that Fest beer was created over Martzen, the lighter one being the Fest beer. Was so because it was more poundable. It wasn't as heavy. Ah, it says that in the guidelines. It too. says it in the yeah. guidelines. The best <laughs> beer was Quotation, made more to be more poundable, and so drinkable. You can yeah, so you can drinkable. no pound it, so you can just pound them all day long and and still be relatively okay uh, as yeah, a right. as compared to the Martin. Yeah, essentially, <laughs> and every one of us has kind of a. Yeah, you know, we we usually end up within about three points of each other, but some you know every one of us has different things that sets off our our poundability yeah. scale. Like Chris can't do wheat beer, 
I can't um, pound wheat. He beers. can't pound pound wheat beers. Wheat. Um, and so, all, like all of us, you know, I I'm not necessarily that way. Like wheat beer, I can give a couple more points to just because I don't necessarily find them to be as heavy on me. And so, every one of us has kind of different factors yeah. on what goes into like. There's not like a a, a rubric for poundability. It's now, just it, it is important to note that poundability has nothing to do with how much we like the beer. Yes, like I like right. both of those. They're mm-hmm. not very poundable. Right. Right. I so it, well by that definition, ten, ten I being like water, <laughs> one, Bud Light, one being um, a mead or an imperial stout, or something of that nature. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think it would be wise to put any mead in a very, very low number. Um, I, 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 I think I'm with him on this. This is less poundable than the Yalpon for me personally, and it has to do with that viscosity level is still really high. I, I think it may be slightly young. Um, for for what was the 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 intended style, hmm. but um, I, I don't. Uh, if I threw a number, I'd say I don't know two. Is that reputable yeah. no, mead that, number that, yeah. for? Yeah, I mean because mead <laughs> just isn't something you're going to pound nope, nope, at, nope. at any rate. No. <laughs> well, we have one more uh, James Lalonde special, and this one says Black Cherry September 2015 on the label. All Nothing right. else, so we don't know if it's standard strength. What the carbonation level is, um, obviously a fruit mead, which is a melomel. Is that correct? Correct. Um, so here we go. The yeah, color is slightly well, darker. The labeling there, Certainly too. darker. Yeah, it's kind of like an orangey darker. A little bit hazier than the last one. Actually, this is very similar in color to Tony's Honey Wheat. Mm-hmm. True. Yes. Dark orange, little bit amber of color. Yeah. Very clear. Wow, the aroma is actually more subdued than the others. Some of the fruit is in the color. Mm-hmm. I see some bubbles, so probably at least a little bit carbonated. A little I, I have a, I have a mellow mel story. The uh, Iron Mash uh, two years ago, I believe it was nice of the brown bottle set up for the 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 evening tasting best of show. And they had set up a blueberry melomel, and mm-hmm. I hit that spot and never walked away the rest of the night. It was <laughs> the most amazing drink I'd ever had in my life. Ooh. Well, we looked for Desire, which is a, a dark, it's like a, a dark fruit, blackberry. Blackberry uh, and blueberry. Blackberry, blueberry, melomel. It was so good. It's probably the best one out of all the ones we've ever had. In yeah, my opinion. we had it on both of our other meat episodes. It was from Moonlight Meadery. Yeah, who was they at have Blue? Some, they have some good stuff. Yeah, uh, Michael Fassbender. No, yeah. Fair Brother. That's right. <laughs> I was about to say Fassbender. Yeah, Fassbender is like it's a, the actor. He actor. played Magneto. Yeah, no, I remember this because I was really interested in what he had to say. But Fair oh. Brother, yes, yeah. he was our keynote last yeah, uh, last year at yeah, Iron Mash. He's yeah. fantastic guy. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we talked about Magneto on another episode too. Yes, we did. <laughs> How about that? Hey, full circle. There we go. Yeah, that oh took a goodness. long time to answer, but whatever. <laughs> That's what she said. Whoa. I want to get me some climax. <laughs> you know, when you're working with small spaces. Anyway, Anyways. moving on. I already feel it coming. Total wine. Strikes again? Yes, they did strike again because they didn't have desire. They had yeah. a few other things from They didn't have what we desired most. Right, right. They didn't have 
anything or they had they had a few from Moonlight Meadery. They actually had a lot from Moonlight Meadery, yeah. yeah. It was like three other ones, but they did not have Desire, which I think is like their staple. They, they had like no six design. or seven other ones. Some no, of them, I didn't count yeah, that many. Well, they're labeled differently. Oh. The one with the big moon on it, that was only like three of them, but they had a lot of other special editions. Oh, were, I didn't see those yeah. then. Because I think so, we have one. Yeah. I don't remember. So anyways, I, I was going to get Desire, but I, I couldn't find it. Yeah. So And I didn't feel like driving around, so I just got something else with a long neck bottle. Yeah, Total Wine doesn't even have it in stock on their website, so it would have been hard jerks. to find. Now this one, I am getting, I'm, I'm getting some cherry in the flavor for sure. I'm not picking up a whole lot of it in the aroma though. Still pick up a lot of fusels, like the first mm-hmm. sample we had um, on the on the scent. On yeah, the there's nose. there's more more alcohol in this one than there was in the orange blossom. In the aroma, anyway. We this, have no we have no numbers for any of these, so there's no way to tell. <laughs> Yeah, this one probably has the highest clarity of the three. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost brilliantly clear for a mead, uh, and it's also the oldest because this one was uh, September of fifteen. The Yelpon was December of fifteen, and the other one was twenty sixteen. So this is the oldest of the three. Cherry is a is a tough flavor, I think, because it can be. A lot of times I can confuse that with like, you know, cough medicine yeah, right. um, or it can come across as being a touch phenolic and I'm, I'm struggling with that now on the aroma. It doesn't come through in the flavor, but I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say cough medicine. I'm not at that point, but there's, there's just I mean, a like, little, a little something. I don't know. It, it, it's, it's definitely not, it's, it's not like a sweet cherry. It's more like a, well, black cherry where it's, it, it's almost a bittering cherry, mm. I think, but not quite a tart cherry. Not exactly. A sour cherry. Yeah, exactly. You pick it up really strong in the uh, in the in the uh, in the backwash there when you when you're finishing it off. Yeah, you can pick up that that subtleness of. Uh, I know it's. I hate to keep using that word pasty, but it's kind of it's got that berry like flavor, like chewing a blackberry, and you swallow, and you can mm-hmm. you pick up some of this the residuals from the seeds that have broken down. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the black cherry, it kind of really has that in the finish, right? Oh, those are some big old cherries. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> thanks, Fredo. <clears throat> the heat level on this one, I think, it's kind of right in the middle of the other two. Mm-hmm. The Yalpon had the most heat, yes. and there's this one, and then the orange blossom was fairly smooth, considering it's a mead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think the orange blossom was probably my favorite out of the three. I would agree. Yeah. This one's nice. Eh, it's definitely, definitely it, it's got a, a little twist on it. Yeah, you know, to you know, if you if you drink a lot of meads all the time, this would be something nice and different. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to say anything all the time. No, it's not. It's not like way over the top cherry. The the last one was the orange blossom. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like that one the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I'd agree with that. The the orange blossom was probably the the best one for me but this one is i mean i still find this one to be really good mm-hmm. like i i would actually put this one number two and then the yapon number three for me hmm. um just a little bit less warming than the yapon and it just i don't know just more you know more of a more of a good experience in my opinion so five pound ability rating <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly, like I could... <laughs> I'm going to stay to three on this one. I'm going to go three across the board, all I'm, three of them. I'm going to come up to sample here and go to three. 
I will say two. I can't go any higher than a three. Yeah. I think it's a three. But uh, right. <clears throat> to be the lone man crying in the wilderness, I actually liked <laughs> the uh, the Yalpon better because it's something different. It's something you can't just go buy at the store. I can go buy a blackberry meat. I can go buy an orange blossom meat. But to go out there and make something a little bit different from buddy, everybody else, I think my favorite is probably the Yalpon just for its uniqueness. Hmm. And all, all right. three of them were great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ranking them does not imply that I thought that any of no. them were not good. All of them were great. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to take a little shift here and go from the homemade meads onto some commercial examples. So I have an announcement. You do? I'm drunk. <laughs> Why am I not Thank surprised? You. Let's take a break. <laughs> Well, since we're transitioning to commercial stuff, we also are going to start off fairly close to home in the DFW Metroplex, mm-hmm. and we're going to start off with a mead from Queens Winery. Which Queens? Is, That's a New York. Which is, is based out of... It's also a winery. This is a beer podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> it says honey wine. You're fired, Travis. <laughs> I got to oh. take a picture. I am an amateur. Thank you. Ooh. <laughs> Queens Winery, which is based out of Garland, Texas. Oh, okay. And Why this do they is call their it Queens. This is their cellar dry. That was a real question. Which is uh I think just one of their really straightforward standard meads. Um on the back of the bottle it's a little confusing because you've got the giant uh numbers ten percent in a circle, so you think that's A B V, but then you look at it closely, it says uh, this amount of proceeds go to charity. It actually says, of profits go to charity, 10%. Yeah. So you look at that, you're like, oh, 10%. Actually, it is a it is a 12.5% ABV. Uh, oh, my me. God. <laughs> Can I just say that this is probably the worst label I've ever seen? Yeah. You know what this bottle it's, reminds me of? It's not easy to read. No. Queens, honey, winery, wine, cellar dry. You know what that says? ADD. It's what? like all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Now, but I will say that the bottle, I'm sorry, the pottle reminds me of Sample's Blackberry Wine or whatever it is that he made. Yeah, the yeah. blue ones. Yeah. The one that Courtney got sick off of. That wasn't Sharp. my fault. No, it Crisp. wasn't. She just drank too much. And drying the palate. On the nose, sweet aromas of forest and meadow. Deception vinified. Uh, hmm. Whatever that means. All right. Yep. It contains sulfides. Be careful. Oh. Well, it's um, a little hazy. It's a golden. Kind of cloudy. I wouldn't say hay. Yeah, it's, it's a little. Hazy. It's a little darker than hay, but it's very light. Ooh, very I got some floaties. Uh, Look closely. I even got the top pour. Yeah, there's some. There's some sediment. Why are you raising your hand, Sawyer? I have an announcement. <laughs> You're drunk. We know already. No, that's not what I was going <laughs> to say. But yes, I am. <laughs> I unlocked a new badge. Yeah. Hey. It's the Hey Honey badge. Oh! <laughs> if that's uh, five different meads, try five more for level two. Well, I will get that badge today because we have five yep. meads. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's after the fact that we drank all the Lalonde ones. Yep. This is still, there's no carbonation, yep. no bubbles. No, it, have y'all so, tasted it yet? No. Well, yeah, we're not the tasting yet. Oh, sorry. Let me um, know when we get there. Hold on. I know it's coming. Did you at least get a whiff of it, Sawyer? Oh, he got more than that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I 
kind of a standard aroma, just real. Yeah, real that's, that's what I was. I was, I was searching for real, the words, but simple. it's there's some honey and it's faint and it's light and that's it. It is yes, <clears throat> pretty uh, pretty standard. It seems twelve. I think we parts. spoiled ourselves with all of James's meat. <laughs> yeah, okay, so for? aggressively bland. There you go. <laughs> oh god! Wow. Uh, so sh- beer. <laughs> shout out to our guys. So their description is a, a deception manifest in wine on the nose, sweet aroma of honey and forest and all the sweet nectar smells that bees have collected. But on the palate, the cellar is dry, crisp, creamy, and most surprisingly, once again, dry. Um, the forest, I would say, is kind of that earthy. Uh, pick up some earthy in the finish. Maybe that's what they're mm-hmm. describing. Not forest like pine, but a forest like an earthy scent um, of, you know, like composting. You pick up that earthy, sultry uh, sediment type of, of flavor. I can pick that up in the in the finish. So, Yeah. I hate to say this, but like I said, I, re- I really do think we spoiled ourselves with James's meats first. This is, yeah, <laughs> this is watery. It is watery. Like, I taste water. That's what I was going to say, damn it. <laughs> so so this is not really Sorry. described on their side as a mead. It's described as a honey wine. Hey, right. yeah. So, so I these wonder, are winemakers who have yeah, done so I, something experimental with a honey. Yeah, so it's, it's very, it is very dry, <laughs> and it reminds me of a white wine. Yeah. Um, that, that's got a lot of honey, obviously. So shout out to another local boy. I, I, when I first, when we first started, before we got recording, this reminds me a lot of some of the work you find from Messina Hoff. Hmm. It, as a very sweet, a very sweet, not Chilean style wine sweet, but more of a, a more viscous, uh, thicker sweet uh, flavor. <laughs> Thanks for that, Sawyer. We can't even. Uh, okay, he's showing us a picture of him flipping everybody off, but that's okay. That's an untapped pick. We did not check the explicit box. It's been a while since I've been on here. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's fairly light. I, I don't want to say light bodied, but it it's kind water. of is. It's watery. Yeah, it's very thin. Uh, you do get some alcohol warmth uh, at twelve point five percent, and that's uh, that's expected. <laughs> Um, now I will say this though they hide the the twelve point five very well. Yeah, they do. You don't pick up the fusels like no, like you do off of it's the homemade sweet. stuff is yeah. visibly fusel. And, it's sweet and, and it's dry. It's exactly what they what they said it is. Yeah, and at twelve and a half percent, I'm not really picking yeah. that up. Yeah, this is <laughs> just a real good table wine. Sawyer, so, you were having way too much fun there. I'm gonna push the microphone away for a minute. <laughs> okay. Um. But it is very. I don't want to say plain in a negative way, but it, but it is. It's it's honey, a little bit of alcohol. It's pretty smooth, but other than that, there's not really a whole lot going on there. It it is enjoyable. Yeah. Um, this would be like a good table wine, uh, if like with chicken or you know something kind of bland to spice it up a little bit. Maybe I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a food pairing person, but. I'd say it's like a poundable mead. You can yeah. get dangerously poundable with a bottle of this stuff. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. At twelve, is, at twelve, thirteen percent, it's very drinkable. Super easy. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd venture to put this, a, like a, 
Well, we'll, we'll talk about it later because I'm still kind of working through it. <laughs> Buy a bottle of this I've been, and I've, get shmammered. I've been, <laughs> You're I've welcome been, for that. <laughs> I've been sidebarring with Sawyer, so I haven't drank yeah. much yet. See, I, this is an interesting topic between mm-hmm. mead versus wine because right. obviously we're not, what is it, Cicerones? Do if you really if you're have a wine, to be a Cicerone for this? Sommelier is Sommelier, that's what it is. We've I, met a Cicerone. Cicerone is like all alcohol yeah. okay. certification. Like earth thing. Okay, so Never Sommelier is, is the wine. Okay, yeah, I get, I get the two mixed expert. up. It's a s- something. Um, <laughs> Somalian. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <God>. um, <laughs> little kids in Africa just drinking wine all the time. <laughs> he missed the kindergarten day where they did sounds. <laughs> I'm not going today, Dad. They're doing S sounds, so just get no, off my I was, back. No, I was eating my peanut butter and, and honey sandwich and drinking meat, so no, obviously. Right. That's funny. He doesn't look small. I missed that day. <laughs> I do remember joke. the day that we did like a mock uh, election. For like the original Bush, uh, well, well, I'm sorry for the what? The original Bush. <laughs> the original Bush. Yes, the original Bush. You mean senior? Yes. Not tainted. Anyway, so. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tony, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks. I'm really happy you guys brought me in. This is our first commercial example. Come on, let's move it along here. <laughs> uh, we don't have desire, so I do. I do. I'm sorry. Desire. Pick up a difference between the mead and the honey wine. And it's very prevalent, the difference between the two. I mean, we've had a lot of uh, meads before. This is definitely not in that category. So I this, can see, obviously they are a winery, but I can see why they're marketing it as a honey wine, even though we picked it up in the mead section of Total Wine. So Total Wine strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's exactly what it says in the description. It's it's nectar. There's, a, a, there's an earthy scent there. It's mm-hmm. got a high poundability rating, and they do disguise the uh, alcohol very well. Mm. It's it's drinkable. Uh, would I would I go buy one? Uh, Probably not. I'm not. It, uh, no, there, there are other selections out there. I think that are competitive with this, and um, I might may or may not choose those over this. But it's something really good to sit around and just relax on a Sunday oh, yeah. afternoon, uh, have a dessert, and 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 down some of this wine. I. It's very respectable product, I think. Yeah. This is yeah. the safe entry, I yeah. think. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's definitely very watery. Uh, <laughs> I really shouldn't be talking right now, but um, I'm going to give this a really high pound ability rating when we get there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in uh, luck because that's where we are. Pound okay, so I'll go first. <laughs> uh, I'll go first. It's painful. I'm going to give this it an is. eight. Whoa. <laughs> wow. No, it you might know be what? Because um, I'm drunk. You but, know what? No, I'm. But eight. I'm. I'm gonna give it a nine. Whoa! Now, okay. I. I was gonna say before we got to poundability, if this were entered in BJCP under the mean category, it would not do well. I think it is too thin. Yes, it is. It's too watery. So the you BJCP like rating would probably be high twenties, ish. I can go with that. Um, but poundability, I would say six. <laughs> I think I'm generous with a seven. I oh, apparently powers, powers likes it. No, this powers, is very poundable. How are you? Him. How are you feeling over there, buddy? I'm feeling. I'm. I'm not quite at Sawyer's level yet. Okay, but <laughs> I feel fine. I mean the 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 only thing that would really prevent me from 
pounding this would be maybe a drying element and it's it, it's not as you know preventatively poundable than you know to, to make me think like oh i couldn't do this in crazy amounts the only thing that makes it less poundable is just knowing it's 12.5 percent like I know it's 12.5%, and so I think I shouldn't be pounding this. But as I take a sip, <laughs> it's like this is practically – this is just like – it's not. it doesn't taste like apples. But it's practically like apple juice in the sense that like I could really drink a lot of that right. in a Well, you shouldn't drink a lot of apple juice either because that's it's a natural diuretic. And yeah, but – that won't end well for you. Uh, you know, but I could. It's it. It's just there's nothing preventing me from pounding. Oh, is that a poop joke? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thank you, Travis. All right, let's move on. Up next, we have from Marble Falls, Texas, by Thorin's Viking. It is actually their Thorin's Nightly Mead. Now, this, uh, wrong. Oh, sorry. Wrong culture there. <laughs> Uh, this one comes. It's <laughs> <This wrong>. one... <laughs> very basic label as a knight who's ready to joust you on the on the label. While I don't want horse. to be jousted. Well, that sounds wrong. You don't have a choice. Look at the label. Anyway, while his Norse <laughs> snorts clouds. <laughs> uh, this one rings in at a nice smooth. 12.9% alcohol by volume. My skin is really The good. highest one we've well, that we know of. One of James's m- might have been higher. Wait, yeah, how much? Know. 12? 12.9. Okay. So almost 13. It contains sulfite. So again, let's watch out, everybody. The blurb on the back says, <clears throat> In the age of chivalry, the boldest of knights brought forth from their foreign adventures the gift of mead. The nectar of the gods. Nectar of the gods. This golden mead was known to inspire poetry and song that romanticized these warriors of old. So raise your glass to song or prose and a great huzzah for the knights that brought this prize to merry England. By All Thorin. right, let's drink. <laughs> all right. It is so, not clear as balls. No, not at all. This is a traditional mead? Is that... I have no idea. <laughs> Thanks, Powers. <laughs> what do you think? This is a podcast? Come on. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, it's fairly hazy. Yeah, I can't see Tony through it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sediment uh, as well, just like the last one. It, the bottle does closely. say this product may contain sediment. It has, so an, interest, it. It has an interesting aroma. Interesting how don't breathe. Like it, it, it. I don't know. No carbonation, so it's still. I get some honey, but I also get. It smells. I, I hold on. I don't want to say this in a negative way. Okay, but I will. But go ahead. Something like chemical. It smells like burnt some, lawnmower. Something <laughs> that smells bad. I'll I, say it again. It smells like burnt lawnmower. I could get that, yeah. Just a, just a hint, not too burnt much. Lawnmower. Burnt lawnmower? Yeah. So you're talking about like exhaust or lawn like a, clippings? Like a rubber Lawn clippings, okay. rubber hose-ish yeah. things, yes. Because when I think of a lawnmower burning, I think about like a, a rubber hose. Yeah, like that, but with no, the, with the I gaseousness. <laughs> I tasted the rubber. No. Who was that? That was me. I tasted the rubber. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Uh, thank you. 
I think. I don't get anything that, like, horrible. It's not horrible. No, it's, it's just not, there. It's just different. It's, it's, it's odd. It's strange. <clears throat> Fairly subdued aroma. Yeah. To be I'm, honest. I'm, I'm trying to, faint. like, really grasp at straws here to figure out what it is I'm smelling. But other than honey, I'm not really getting a whole lot. Yeah. I don't like this. Like, I could drink it, but it, this sucks. Now, I will say that the alcohol is, is well hidden. <laughs> it has a slight warming, but it's... Mu- what? <laughs> you guys suck! Oh, jeez. It has a slight warming, but it's not, like, over the top. I thought even James's meads were were more warming. Yeah. Yeah, but his were well, more palatable. Well, we don't have we don't have ABV on his either. So no, I'm not even talking about the ABV. I'm well, talking about flavor. Well, I'm talking about alcohol though. You, we have no idea how to compare the two. His could be like 16-18% meads and we have no idea. Okay. But I I feel like this is a little smoother. So as a as a traditional dry mead, it should be very subtle in character for honey. Um and soft fruity esters and a clean alcohol flavor. I'd say it's fairly clean. Is it clean beets? I do get a hint of fruit. Um, yeah, I get more fruit than honey. This one doesn't have the yeah. the real heavy honey flavor and character like James's did. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is more fruity. Yes. I still get the honey though. Yeah, I get a, I, I get the honey. I still don't detect your I still don't detect your off flavors just yet. Which is why I hated to say Five the products. word. I hated to say Five, the word chemical yeah. because. Five products. <laughs> I'm not saying like phenolic or solvent. No. Fabulosa. Hmm. Well, I was gonna say if you say cleaner, that's a negative connotation. Yeah. I don't know that I'd go that far with it, but the tinge is kind of there to where if I really thought about it, then I might be able to to find something. It, I don't know. I think the the finish on this is probably not as pleasant for me, uh, and maybe that's because it's dry mead. We hadn't really tried a, a true traditional dry mead till now, so right. maybe that's a personal preference. I don't really care for the finish on the dry mead. Would you say phenolic? Um, like garden hose? N- n- no, uh, it, it might be closer to a solvent type of uh, for my for my palate. Uh, so then I wasn't too far off with the chemical cleaner ish. I don't know. I'm not a meat expert. Maybe I'm not a, maybe a dry meat should finish that way. For all maybe I know, so. I don't have enough experience. Well, judging. I mean, we 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 read the guidelines for what semi sweet, and then you read some of this one. This is a dry. Yeah, yeah. I believe this would be M one A traditional yeah. dry meat. Mm-hmm. See, it says subtle residual sweetness levels are minimal. Uh, dry finish, obviously. Oh. May have more noticeable acidity. Tannin levels may make a sweeter mead seem dry. Uh, sulfur, harsh, yeast, undesirable. I'm not picking any up in that. No. No. I don't know. It, Does it have a pucker just, level for you? It's just it kind of there. This for tastes, me, the dry mead just kind of there. This tastes like a garden. Like dirt. Uh, earthy. 
It's not. It's how, it's floral. How Sawyer are you? <laughs> I'm pretty drunk. Sawyer, but <laughs> so I'm, I didn't how notice. Sawyer are you drunk? I'm just saying. No, I'm being I'm for real. It, Sawyer. It, it doesn't. It, it's it's just different. You know, it's not something I'm used to having in a mead. So these are advertised as an English mead. Perhaps it yes. has a lot to do with the a hops or a flavoring they use to bring about or yeah, maybe an a earthy texture, different varietal of honey. You possibly. Just say a, a wild a wild honey in use, but I was thinking if it's English, perhaps it's intended to have an earthy note. Yeah, uh, f- from from maybe hops or something. I could see that. Yeah, it is kind of dirty. Because yeah, you, you do disti- uh, distinguish yeah. the difference between American and English, you know, yeah. ales, and and that one is more cleaner, more aggressive, and the other one's more you know earthy and subtle. Um. Maybe that's the same case with meads that that you do get some varietal differences. Yeah, hell, I don't know. Bees in England, maybe maybe they buzz a different way. <laughs> James, right. if you're listening, please call in. They're like, <laughs> "Hello, Governor." <laughs> We're not. Oh wait, yes, we are live, but um, not really. See, I don't. <laughs> well, we are to alive. Our, thank you for to that. our tens of listeners. <laughs> we are alive. We are not live. See, because and we're five of English those today. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As, as far as the BJCP goes, they do separate, obviously, American and English styles of beer, but in mead, they don't. You have traditional, fruit, spiced, specialty. That's it. There's no, like, American mead, British mead. California mead. Yeah. <laughs> New England mead from Napa Valley. Uh, you know, German, has a piney flavor. German mead, <laughs> Belgian mead. I mean, if you think about all the different beer styles, you've got Belgian, you've got American, you've got British, you've got German, you've got you know you've got everything. Californian, but it, the, the meads are not split up that way, which is interesting because as much as you know, honey and pollen. And whatever else is involved with making these, you would think that there would be more municipalities or you know whatever involved with it. But I, yes, I guess not. Not well, not according to BJCP. But I don't know. That's really curious, you know, to be in a history buff and all. Uh, that's kind of interesting. You bring that up. People have been making mead since somebody threw some water and honey and let it spoil, right? Yeah, thousands of years. We got millennia. We've got uh, Egyptians have been making mead. The I'm, Greeks, the, the kind of mead we drink, probably evolved it from the Greeks. Beer. I was going to say, would you say you know, the mead is older than beer? I, you know, when it's you, when quite you, possible. When you think about you know uh, medieval time periods, it's all mead. That's what they drank. Yep. They didn't say anything about ale. I mean, there were some ales, but it was. Primarily meads that they drink, hence the well, Thorin's nightly <laughs> nectar of the gods, all that. Stuff. Yeah, I, so, I, so the I, ale I, couldn't really come around until the harvesting of grains, and they were trying to preserve them. Well, but honey, being a perfect food source, had been available for yeah. tens of thousands of years, never spoils, lasts forever. Some guy, some cracker, tried to thin it out with a little, <laughs> little bit of. You know, a little yeah. bit of water to try and make his nutritional source go along and set it off for 30 days, a little infection, and boom, and, he had mead. And I remember from our Belgian IPA episode, the history of that was that the brewing traditions in their country were actually reserved for royalty. So nobility and royalty were the ones who were actually brewing beer. So ale and things like that were actually kind of in the higher ranks, it seems. Well, and yes and no. Okay. Belgian strains primarily come from 
monks. Okay. Uh, it, a true Abbey... Westmore. Yeah, a true Abbey <laughs> ale is monk brewed. Right. They started making beer as sustenance whenever they were fasting. Okay. Um, because they had to get, you know... You can't eat, but you can drink all yeah, you want. I mean, nutritional content. <laughs> I wonder if that works. And so the true uh, Trappist beers are brewed by Trappist monks. There are only a handful uh, that are actually Trappist beers. Right. We've got West Mall... East Mall. East Mall. <laughs> uh, you know, those 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 are different than quote-unquote Abbey Ales. This has evolved to a nice discussion about history. Well, I mean, it, I, I, I think it's relevant. No, I, I think it's relevant because <laughs> I, I think it's a valid point because this podcast is based on BJCP. That's the whole reason we started. Yes. Meads have been around for... Who knows how long yes. before beers and ales and you know lagers and whatever. But the BJCP doesn't have any municipalities differences for mead, but they do for ales and lagers. And now, is the BJCP kind of the top authority in mead, or is it <laughs> no? Or it's, is there, or is there another? It's a an, Somalian. BJ, <laughs> BJCP is is strictly for. Homebrewers and homebrewing competitions, but they so, had to take everything that was available mm-hmm. and split it into categories. So, as a homebrewer, if I were entering into a competition, I would know how to enter it, and then the judges would know how and by what characteristics to judge it by. So, are they like as far as homebrew mead goes? Are they the top authority, or is there another authority for me? I have no idea. Okay. That's a question I don't have an answer to. Yeah. Welcome to Brew Styles. More questions than answers. (laughs) (laughs) However, uh, I would say that um, mead is probably the least brewed thing for home brewers. Well, from sounding, from hearing and the even process. a select group, including guys, including yeah. wine, because a lot of people make homemade wine. A lot of people obviously Ooh. make homemade beer and cider yeah. and whatever. I would say mead is probably the least brewed thing at home. It's a commitment. It is, and it, it takes like. it takes a vast knowledge of how yeast works and how honey works and how fermentables work and how aging works and temperature control and all this other kind of stuff. It, I would say, and I don't think anybody here would disagree, that meat is the least brewed thing of the fermentables. Please, Even food. Please refer back to our yeast episode. <laughs> yes. I mean, even I've made fermented food before. Huh. I've never made a mead. Okay. I just, you know. Do you think pie? they make more kimchi than they make mead? People make sauerkraut at home all the time. <clears throat> yeah, That's true. She's a nice lady, especially in yeah. yeah no. Kimchi, Kim, kimchi is pretty kimchi. common in. Anyway, that cultures. was that was a large tangent. <laughs> we need so to what's your pound of build, build, pound this one or yeah. mm. This one's one. a five for me. Just a, I would agree. Middle of the road. Yeah, no, I hate five. That. I can't stand this. Whoa! I'm sorry. Strong word. But Strong bad. One. Wow. Oh, even lower than James's. You can <laughs> contact him at Sawyer at Brewstyles.com. <laughs> I am going to agree at five. Yep. I give it a four. Not a one, though. 
No. no. I, I can't stand this. Sorry. 111. Fair enough. All right. What's next? What's next? All right. So up next, we have Rhapsody by Meridian High. Is blue? Oh, I was going to say that. Up top. Actually, it's <laughs> like purple. It's purple. Um, so Meridian Hive is in Austin, Texas. So we're getting a little more out of the DFW area. Uh, this is a draft mead from Honey and Blackberries. It comes in a can. Thorns was from Houston. Okay. Okay, so I guess that's further away then. Yep. Anyway, um, this is a mild... 6.5% mead. Strong dark milds. <laughs> Thank Doc? You. What? Doc? <laughs> you said it. I, yeah. I did. I don't remember that. But. Strong uh, dark milds. Doc. Doc. <laughs> yeah, anyway. you sound like uh, John Luke Picard. Strong, no, I, I said John Luke Picard. Well, y'all yeah. be happy to know that this is gluten free. Oh, Thank yeah. God. Because, uh, it is a uh, so semi-sweet. Semi-sweet mead. What are you doing, Sawyer? You gotta circle the can. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, they have a, a relatively long blurb on the can, so... This looks like can. grape juice. It's a we regular can. It. it is Austin's first meadery. Actually, it's not a regular can. This is a labeled can. Chill. Sorry. Uh, it says, Rhapsody takes center stage to showcase... <laughs> showcase... Rhapsody on a minstrel boy? To showcase, showcase. the beauty that can and do the, the fan bango? <laughs> Suddenly gonna, I remember gonna, my Charlemagne. <laughs> I'm going to not do my Sean Connery. Please Sean do it. Connery. Let your armies be the rocks. Trees. <laughs> Most things react well to bullets down here. This has gone so off the rails. Just I'm Ron it. Burgundy. <laughs> 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 so, Chris, tell us about Rhapsody. I will. Rhapsody <laughs> takes center boy. stage to showcase the hive's techniques to deliver intense fruit flavor <laughs> Keep going. while maintaining... <laughs> I am taking Sawyer's mic. Thank you. While maintaining a smooth and subtle sweetness, our customers have spoken loudly and launched this mead to the top of our range. Wholesome blackberries, orange blossom honey, and just the right amount of carbonation combined to make Rhapsody an amazingly refreshing draft mead. Its beautiful deep red color... Its beautiful deep red color will tempt you to leave it in the glass to admire. But we bet you can't hold out. It's just that good. Mead, who knew? <laughs> you knew. That's what she said. <laughs> anyway, it is It is very red. It is red. It's dark garments. My <clears throat> oh my gosh, it's pink. Sawyer, I think we have to vote to give Sawyer back his mic at this point. I vote yes. Uh, well, we'll see. I vote That's one yes. Of us. We'll see. Uh... Mm. This is a really dark garnet. I got your back. Yeah, it's a very... It's brilliantly clear. It is brilliantly clear. I would say like an obvious carbonation. Um, Like if if this was a really dark beer and you saw this color through the light, it would be ruby. Wow. It is ruby. And I would say that through and through, this is ruby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it looks like a light quad. Just with the uh, quad would be darker, I would think. Actually, that's I why I said a light quad. I remember your quad. <laughs> it's a, like, it's quad a sessionable be, quad. You know, <laughs> one, one of the easier ones. Your quad it's was a about session that barley wine. Yeah, at six no, and a half yeah. percent. Yeah. Oh man, that would be awesome. Because quads, you get the nice ruby garnet colors, and this one is is very attractive to look at. 
Uh, so I agree with that part of the can where it's just yeah really pleasant. It, it does look very, very pretty. I may not drink it. You no, will. I changed my mind. You will. Uh, yeah, the, aroma, the aroma is very much fruit. Tea. It's a, a nice berry scent on the nose, and there's, yeah. there's kind of a musty finish uh, that you don't pick up in the hmm. flavor. We can talk about the flavor, but there's kind of a musk type of scent on the back end of it, but it's definitely berry forward. Yes. That's berry forward. I get some... <laughs> berry, very much. Very much so. Yes. I, get, I get tunny on this as well. Almost more so than the last one. Did you say tunny? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Thank I, you I very mean, much. I, get, I, I do get more of that honey flavor. This tastes like grape juice. Well, you're wrong because it's blackberry juice. It, uh, you can like cranberry whenever you want. I, I, was, I was saying this before we drank it. When I first started tasting it, it kind of was reminiscent of uh, the the Dr. K's blackberry soda kind of hint because you know, the berries were so strong. I, I get that. I yeah. totally get that. The yeah, berries it, are so strong yeah, in there. I actually it's like love it, too. Blackberry soda. <laughs> it really, it, well, and it's carbonated, so it's not unlike, it's nothing yeah. like any of the other meads we've had. No, uh, although yeah. the yeah. first one of James did have some slight carbonation. It was naturally carbonated. This is obviously forced carbonated, but... This is much, yeah, much more carbonation on the mouthfeel, much more like just fruit flavor, and I'm just gonna be honest, it's just much more like, like if if you were to like give this to somebody who had never had mead before and be all like, and you know, there's so, so, somebody this that, is like, not a mead. It's well, okay, okay. Let's well, let's flavor wise. Let's talk I, about that in a minute. Let's talk about that in a, a minute. All right, because, copious amounts of passion fruit. Because I do agree. <laughs> I, I do agree this this is deceptive, all right? So if you were to hand a can of this to some bloke, like drinking at a bar, like, Who's hey, Nigel British bloke. <laughs> Where's you know Nigel? What? I'm trying to move this podcast along. This is a podcast? <laughs> it was huge. Right. So, some bloke, bloke. Drink, drinking at a bar. You hand them this. They would start drinking it. Their impression of the night would be like, "I love mead. Mead is great. You know, because it it tastes really good, and it tastes just like that berry soda that you know that you were just talking about, Tony. And holy crap, this is not a mead. So they would go. They would go to their local liquor store. They would buy. Thorin's nightly mead the next day thinking this is going to be the greatest thing I've ever had. It's in a big bottle. It's great. It's tremendous. And then they would drink it and they'd be... Tremendous. They would say, this is awful. Okay. Why did I think I liked it? I I do agree with you slightly. I do still get some of the honey character. However, a lot of the Lindemans, if you've ever had a Lindemans beer... Uh, the Frambois is their most uh, popular one, which is the raspberry. Love that. They also okay. have a black curant. Uh, I don't remember what it's called, oh. but the, there is a Lindemann's black curant, and I think this is very similar to la- to that. The The color is like exactly the same. Yeah. Um, okay. But it is a... Uh, if you will Really want to grasp at straws. There's a, a fine line between a currant and a blackberry. True. However, 
the flavor profile you get from the two are very similar. So I would say that if you had a Lindemann's uh, Black Currant and this Current. side by side, it would be <laughs> kind of hard to tell the difference between the two. It's true. There is a slight honey character to this one, but I think the blackberry really just kind of takes it over. Uh, it's very sweet. It's very fruity. Six and a half percent, I get no alcohol out of it, and I shouldn't yeah. at six and a half percent. No, not, if it were like this. if it were double that, it would be very easy to drink. But this yes. is a melomel, uh, right? A fruit mead? Yeah. Um or so, a berry mead. Oh, there's two. I have a question for all of you. And it's not ridiculous, I, I promise. call it a berry mead. Uh w- would you say that this mead is weird? Weird how? Just in general. He's no. he's, try, he's trying to set up the drop. This is a weird beer. Actually, yeah. no, that's not the drop I was trying to <laughs> well, set up. Howard said the same thing before we started recording. No, well, well j- j- know, just on appearance alone. No, here's right. what I was. It is. Here's actually what I was going to say because it's from. I think it would be weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, where did you get that one? I don't know. <laughs> from earlier tonight. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> actually, that sounded that sounded like a cell phone recording. That was yeah. probably something else. Jesus. Okay, no. What I was going to say is that this is from Austin, and you know their their motto is "Keep Austin Weird." No, it's there. Uh, you go. It's weird. And Powers <laughs> is leaving. Bye, Powers. <laughs> Powers is from California. So I don't. No. I don't want to say this isn't a mead, but this is very unique. I think. Um, I think they've come on to a really good marketing idea. They're make. They're taking something that just isn't common. It's just not commonly brewed. We're not drinking it all the time, and they've made it something that you could market to just about anyone. If you like Dr. K, mm-hmm. Blackberry, and you like drinking alcohol, yep. we got two of the best things going right here in this little can. This well, is accessible. Here's, here's this is a, very accessible. Here's the thing, though. Uh, mead 2 is fruit mead, and M2C is berry mead. That's what I was looking at. Okay, yeah. so I think... This entered under M2C would be spot on because I'm getting honey and the berry. Yeah. Read the read, overall impression for did that. Did you read the ingredients? The overall impression says, a well-made, uh, in well-made examples of the style, the fruit is both distinctive and well-incorporated into the honey, sweet, acid, tannin, alcohol. That's a lot of hyphens. Those are big words. <laughs> Balance of the mead. Different types of fruit can result in wildly different characteristics allow for a variation in the final product and this is spot on for that yeah this i think these guys perfect. have i think these guys have really tapped into something that you're just not seeing yeah. around here and uh, i mean i could easily see something like this uh being marketed to you know the same crowd you remember well maybe y'all don't i'm old enough to remember the the uh you know the the um what they call them, you know, the Zima, Zima, and the, oh. the, Cali- the California well, we coolers. You yes. remember the cooler craze? Oh, I mean, yeah. do you, are you guys yeah, old yeah. enough to remember the? I'm yep. kind of a little well, old. Show me. I remember the old. Zima I could see this yeah. tapping into the cooler craze crowd that was popular when I was young. Where's your Jolly Ranchers? <laughs> <laughs> it's, Arbor it, Mist, but but it's not quite Jolly Ranchers. It it might be closer to Arbor Mist. Yeah, they're yeah. not jolly. They're yeah, sad. But the, it's, the cooler, it's drinkable, and it's got the word mead. I think yeah. I'm going to be honest. That's what I was saying. I think the cooler thing you said was like closer so to Arbor Mist. Mead in a can has not been done, well, as far as I know. Well, well Meridian Hive has, they've been doing this for a long time, the mead in a can thing. 
I, I can't tell you the last time I went to a uh, cap and hair meeting and somebody didn't have Dr. Death. some of these cans oh God. <laughs> oh yeah. sitting I around. That well, yeah. It's sessionable. It's approachable. It's in a can. It, it's yeah. It's it's great. Easy. Yeah. It, it, it's a mead, obviously. I get the honey note, and they claim blackberry, and I get that too. Sure. I think it's fantastic. I, I could I could give this to Anna like easily like and and just what you were talking about like you know she she's got very like narrow taste in beer it's like either this or this or this but like with this i could give this to my fiance and be like hey i think you'll enjoy this and i can guarantee you 100 percent that she will actually oh yeah well and for the for the sweetness factor it's really high for me but if you guys remember those coolers and those Zimas, they were such a popular seller at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had such a high sweetness factor. There's a reason they sold them in four packs, guys, because you just could not drink five of those things. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that, <laughs> that was just way too much. That, that's like drinking Smirnoff, <laughs> which I like Smirnoff. That's how it started. Uh, did you read the ingredients on the side of the can? Read yeah, it's just please. simple ingredients. Three I'm going to try potassium um, sorbate. Try and pronounce it. There's <laughs> water, honey, blackberry. Blackberry concentrate. Sorry, I'm concentrating as hard as I can. Uh, yeast, <laughs> wah, wah. potassium sorbate to prevent refermentation, hmm. and potassium metabisulfite for freshness. I have a question. Yeah. Metabisulfite. Yeah, that one. What okay. about biscuits? <laughs> no, the other one. <laughs> no, business biscuits is not on here. The other but- bisulfite. <laughs> Bisulfate made it by sulfate, but celery but, butter, but, but powder, potato chips, picante, pepper, and natural lemon, natural chile, lemon or lime. It says limon. So lime, limon, lemon. Oh, it is lemon. Yeah, carrot extract, <laughs> and yeah. that's it. Thank Jesus. you, Mariana. How, how uh, long was that drop? But that's that's a pretty good list. All the green. Well, we can hate it all we want, but we just down like three cans of yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's no. So we're still drinking. We still got a whole can of this. <laughs> I don't hate it. I actually really like it. It's pretty tasty. You know, I've. So what's your poundability rating on this one, huh? <laughs> it's like a nine five. Well, I've 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 probably talked about this a couple of times on the podcast. Like when I grew up, we had blackberry gin. Well, wine. I was gonna say plants, Vodka. but that's not right. Refrigerator. What I didn't want to say. <laughs> we have two of these to go, guys. Like if you if if, if, if you so want to quit now, no, I will not, gonna, not blame you. We're not going to quit. No, no. What no, I'm, I'm talking say, about listeners now. Tens of listeners <laughs> have lost. Tell them that. It'll get better. Don't on. tell them that. It's fun. What I was going to say was when I was growing up, we had blackberry, <clears throat> and I hesitated at the word bushes <clears throat> because that's what they are. Well, I'm selling bush at my and QT. We, all the we time. had blackberry. That's not all I heard. We had blackberry jam, and I had blackberry cobbler growing up, and so- or, uh, not Sawyer. Sarkar would come over and steal what? my blackberry cobbler. But anyway. Um, and her quad. I've, <laughs> it's not a blackberry quad. The one and only wine I've ever yo, yo, made yo. was supposed to be a blackberry wine, and that turned out the way that it turned out. If I were to make a blackberry mead, I would want it to be exactly like this. So yes. I give this a, I would rate this very high as a fruit mead. Yes. 42. This is very good. There are no flaws No, there's all. not. Well Inter- Entered as a fruit mead, claiming blackberry, I would 
Sure. I would rate this as a 42, maybe berry, a little bit higher. Berry mead? Berry mead, yeah. Yeah. Uh, poundability, I would say seven. I, I love this. This is fantastic. I, uh, I have a request for Chris. Can you make your barley wine again? Because I want to drink that. It's in the plans. Okay. I'm so, going to make a five-gallon batch instead of a three-gallon batch. Can you make a ten-gallon batch? No. What's our poundability drop this time? I already played it. Oh, know. did you? I don't yeah. remember that. Yeah, Welcome to the podcast. It was uh, this one. <laughs> so what's your poundability rating on this <laughs> one, huh? <laughs> right. That's, right. that's Matt. Yeah, right, cool. Matt. Uh, I'm I'm right there with a seven point five. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go to a five on this one. Really? Yeah. I'm too drunk for this chicken. The Ch- last one I had was at seven, and this is higher for me, so I have to put it eight. I'd push this to a nine. I mean, I could just sit and drink this all afternoon. That's fantastic. Yeah. 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 This is good. It it's might not be juice. true true mead like we've been tasting, but I have. I, I think it meets the description. It's probably a little low on the alcohol. I would expect more fusel with the traditional style yeah. meads, but it is what it says on the label. It's, it's very drinkable. It's approachable. Yes. Very yeah. approachable. This if somebody would... wants to get into meads, something like this would really entice them. Totally. Oh, yeah, totally. I would say it is on the sweet side. So if I'm drinking Fair. a full pour of it, I could probably only have two, maybe three of them. Yeah. Before I'm yeah. like, I'm like, all right, I gotta, I gotta move on to something. There's a reason it's in a four pack. Yeah. Yeah. There, <laughs> exactly. It, there's a reason it's in a four pack because I don't think I could drink more than one or two of them. Yeah. Without having to move on to something else. So yeah. I'd pound the crap out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Which reminds me, the next time we do like a fruit mead, we, we should have a, a, a chick episode. Yeah. I can get Courtney to coordinate it. Probably so. All right. Coordinate it. What's next? (laughs) I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Uh, This next one. (laughs) 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 Next (laughs) one. This. Wait. We got one of that too. Sawyer. (laughs) What do you got there, Sawyer? Hang on. This this next week. <laughs> oh, no. Hey Sawyer, Sawyer, did you know that thirteen year olds aren't allowed to drink? Shut up. <laughs> but seven year olds aren't. Oh. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Sawyer. Thank you. This next one <laughs> is from Meridian. What? This, I know. What? This is the Broken Crown. Uh. uh it's a uh, raspberry and chipotle. Peppermead. Oh, jeez. It rings in at a hardcore fourteen <laughs> percent ABV. That's it. Fourteen. That's the highest one we've seen. Yeah, that's mild. so far tonight. It's also made in Austin, so we're gonna keep it weird. Broken it's Crown the is same metery we just. Yeah, had. that's why I said we're gonna keep it weird. To context clues. Oh, this is a weird beer. Also, Austin. Duh. <sighs> <laughs> Anyways, Broken Crown. Pflugerville, that's by Austin. <laughs> Damn it! He <laughs> quit messing with this guy. He's never going to get there. Uh, no, not. I'm not. What's I'm, in it? I'm just trying to Sawyer, read the thing. What's in the label? I'm, I'm what tr- is it? I'm trying, you know. It's, but, uh, <laughs> anyways. Does it have Chipotle? I, I think so. Does it have raspberries? Uh, I believe so. Then you're good. Okay. <laughs> Broken Crown is an extraordinary creation. Where intense raspberry fruitness tempers the rich smokiness and restrained spice of chipotle peppers. 
I hate you. <laughs> Were this... they camping? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> this unique dry mead made from desert blossom honey displays warmth, structure, and deep complexity. Oh my god. This is a, a sweet, semi-sweet, off-dry, dry. That's what it says. What? what? <laughs> he said it's a sweet, semi-sweet, off-dry, dry. Yeah, that's what, what it says. says. <laughs> sweet, semi-sweet. But it has stars next to one. <laughs> yes, it does. There are three that are not starred. Which one is starred? It's off-dry. Off there okay, you go. So this is off-dry. It's not, it's not a star. It's red with a line. <sighs> The can was the same way. It has all four listed. One of them is marked. I yes, but you said it was starred. And it's Sorry, starred. indicated, marked, Thank you. marked. Thank you. Well, you have to be specific because you know you might confuse the listener. And <laughs> <laughs> just getting through the labels, tough. I know, right? Fourteen percent ABV. All right, so Chipotle and raspberry. Hamasadali. <sighs> this is not two things I would ever have thought to mix. No. <laughs> Is this? The, I think this is the highest ABV of the night. Yeah. So far, we've seen the Lalonde that uh, we know uh, of. Yeah, fourteen. Wait, wait. Brilliantly clear. Because the other two were twelve. So what this I'm is, say here this is, is balls clear. Welcome to the podcast. Because yeah. we already said that. Yeah, I can. It's brilliant. I can, very clear. I can brilliant read clear through that. that. Orangish, reddish. Oh my god, that aroma! You get so much raspberry. No carbonation. I was gonna say chipotle. I get a lot of raspberry. I get a lot so of raspberry. much like pepper. It's very smoky. Like well, not smoky, but like not like like smoked flavor, but like that pepper. Maybe that was smoke. that cigarette you had on the break. Yeah, probably <laughs> okay, pepper let's, cigarettes. Let's not put that in the podcast. <laughs> oh, that's not why not supposed so, to know. Let's yeah, so you from that. <laughs> so you immediately pick up on the chipotle right on the front yes. of the nose when you smell it. Um, if you keep keep breathing in, you you, you pick up a berry, uh, a stone fruit uh, accent Palm. to it. Yeah, there's there's a different sweetness in it. Is it back end sweetness? There's very no. little complexity to it. It's it is exactly what it says though. It's chipotle yeah, it and is. raspberries, yeah. right right yeah. on the nose. So. The chipotle smoke pepper note is what I get way in the forefront on yes. aroma and flavor. I'm not necessarily picking up raspberry flavor, but the sweetness from the fruit balances the chipotle pretty well. Yeah. I can pick up that raspberry on like the tip of my tongue when I when I drink it. I I get the raspberry. I get it. Hmm. A chipotle pepper is this comes from Wikipedia by the way, is a smoked dried jalapeno. So it's the same kind of heat as a jalapeno, but you also get the smoke, uh, smoke character, and I mean sometimes you get a little uh, Mexican rub on there. I get I get the heat for sure. Yeah, like definitely in the back of my esophagus area. Yeah, your throat <laughs> in the back of your throat. Thanks, Sakar. Um, <laughs> I, I I think yeah. it exits my like tongue area and goes into my <laughs> esophagus. Yeah, thank you for that. So I definitely get the heat and the sweetness and the smoke. So, yeah, Tony, it's everything it says it is is right there. This reminds me a lot of uh, a beer that Martin House made, uh, Kafkaesque, that had like the Uh, like 
15 different ingredients in it. It was like an imperial cherry oaked. <laughs> yeah, but smoked. that one that one had like 10 different things in it. It did. But the things that stuck out were smoke and you whatever could the get pepper everything was. they claimed. Every single and thing they said on the label you got. Yeah, I think it had cocoa puffs in there or something. Yeah, it, it was it was <laughs> a, Twix a lot bar. of things. I don't really get the Chipotle at all, like in either the... Oh, no, there it is. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm not a big fan of spices and uh, spiced heat uh, oh my God. The, with the alcohol. And um, But uh, you do pick this up on the way down. Uh, yeah. You pick up the, the heat of the Chipotle. And um, the one... Th- you know, I do like Chipotle in food. The, the conversion of sugars from roasting the jalapenos... It makes it milder. I love roasted jalapenos, mm-hmm. and it, it, yeah. it makes it milder. It's a good accent, but I think it's very, very difficult for people to make any kind of alcohol with that type of spice because they always overdo it. It's just always overdone every time. It's hard to find a, an example where they've understated it enough. And this is one of them. I would give this a when we get there. I'd give this a low poundability rating. Oh, because sure. <laughs> because of the heat factor, it's yeah. just it's just way too overdone trying to trying to promote the two flavors. See, Travis has had a couple of smoked slash pepper beers that have been very well balanced, very approachable. You get some of the flavor without the heat. There was one that had a mild heat to it. You know, he's he's experimented with the the peppers quite a bit. And I've always felt like he's done a really good job with that. But this one is kind of on the same vein. I get a little bit of the heat. I can taste it. It's there. I know it's there. But it's not like I need a cup of water on the side to get through the whole thing. Yeah, it's not like drinking Ghostface Killer. No. (laughs) That's different. Yeah. I think this is pretty well balanced. Sweetness and heat. Um. Not something that I would necessarily reach for. Yeah. But if no. somebody handed it to me, I wouldn't turn it away. Okay, well let's talk about the mead basics then. Do you get any of the like honey? Uh, maybe just a little. But it's very upfront. I get more of the raspberry than I do the honey. Yeah. As do I. Yeah. The the specialty ingredients overpower any kind of uh, base elements in this one. Which would lead it to not score as well. If it were entered in a BGCP uh, homebrew competition, well, as, if they claim it, as a, well, no, yes, but I guarantee you, it's going to say it needs to be a, a harmonious marriage of the base elements and the special ingredients. Now, if you said fruit beer with Chipotle, entered it that way instead of his mead, I think it might score a little higher. Because I get mm. fruit and chipotle. I don't necessarily get the honey from the mead. Nor do I. I don't think you could make this in a beer category. It, it w- this would never make a beer category at all. Well, I don't see that. If you say raspberry fruit beer <clears throat> with beer chipotle now. pepper. I think Travis has a really good point, though. I've done a lot of fruit beers. I, I didn't even have any interest in fruit beer at all. Spice I thought that was a. Meat. I thought that was like a sissy kind of beer until I started brewing it and trying to brew fruit beers. And I gained a lot of respect for how to brew them i, I do this prickly pear ale that i do all uh, every year and and it's fantastic it's taken a lot of time and effort to get there and i've judged a lot of fruit beers because most judges do not want to judge a fruit beer so me being the new guy 
uh, I end up on the fruit beer category and I have to learn a lot about it. I think you have nailed it on the head. It should be, regardless of meat or beer, it should always be a complement of the two styles. You should be able to detect your base style, whether it be Doppelbach, Maybach, or everybody else does the Blondale, right? Mm-hmm. Which is almost nothing, really. I mean, that's such a light beer, it's hard to detect in, it, in and of itself. And then it should be a balance or a marriage of its fruit component. And I think they've really overdone it with the fruit and the Chipotle. Not to be berating on the Chipotle because I don't like spice uh, in my alcohol. I think it overpowers any effects I picked up off the honey. And the honey is just on the nose. So I think you've really nailed that. So uh, thank you very much. I'll be here all night. <laughs> and by all night, I mean 10 p.m. I'm going to retire from podcasting right now uh, on, on top. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, gentlemen. All right. Anyway, well, so back and to the I'm back. <laughs> ah. So, uh, Pounderability? Four. That's that's me. Four. Right there. All right. Pounderability pound rating on the super pills. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> this one with the Chipotle is probably going to drop it down to the lowest of my ratings for tonight. This is going to be a two for me. Yeah, I'm at a two. Because one. of the heat, one. yes, I you can. Know. I can the, give the it heat, a, the smoke, the the pepper. It's all. I can give it a three point five. But see, I I kind of like the heat. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm right I do, but it's a little <laughs> much for me to have a high poundability see, rating. For me though, it's not really that much heat. Like I can I can <laughs> feel it. I can taste it a little bit. Yes. but it's not so much over the top where I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I know, and 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 I'm right there with you, Chris. Yeah, like like I like I actually. I think it's a pleasant palate experience. I think that it hasn't overdone it really. Well, it's it's definitely overdone it on the fruit characteristic, but on the spice characteristic, I don't think it's crazy overdone. And so I think that as far as poundability goes, like, yeah, it's not high, but a 3.5 is right about right for me. Now, would I buy this bottle and drink it all myself? No. Probably not. <laughs> it's a fun bottle. It, <sighs> this is no. a bottle. To, <laughs> <laughs> it's a six-inch yes. bottle. This is a bottle that I would take somewhere to share with other people. Yeah, um, I got a bottle share. Maybe this could be a good marinade. Marinade, mariner. Um, you know, you might be onto something with that. Now, because a good cooking ingredient. Because whenever we did the iron mash. Uh, was it two years ago, three years ago, where they had the Chipotle? Uh, yeah, that was, that was two years three ago. Three years ago. And, you know, we made a Chipotle brown with it. And, ironically enough, the Browns marinated chicken with the Chipotle sauce, and they, they cooked it, and they ate it, and they said it was fantastic. And then the beer that they brewed had nothing to do with Chipotle sauce that, that we got in the kit. You know what? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, like, I... I I won a raffle at that award ceremony. I have another another jar of that Chipotle sauce that I have yet mm. to brew with. Maybe we should just, you know. <laughs> That's not me. Um, oh, yes. Well, I mean, <laughs> this could also be a good thing, you know, for like in a smoker, you know. Use it as a, mm-hmm. a steaming agent, you know. Soak your wood chips yeah, in this. And no, 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 not even that. So what I, what I do when I smoke wood, or smoke, dang it. <laughs> 
uh, wood smoker. Uh, I walked into that. Uh, okay, so what I do You're when I... You're not a wood smoker, are you? What I do when I smoke meat is... Which is not even better. Smoke mead. Yeah, is I, I'll take some like apple cider vinegar and put it in a big aluminum foil pan thing. Aluminium. Yeah, and, and I'll put that in the smoker, and then two racks above that, I'll put the meat, and so it gets hot enough to where that that, that apple cider vinegar will just steam into the meat. So maybe I could do the same thing with this, like on a brisket or something like that. Or I think that would be very tasty. Then maybe I'll do that over the summer. Because you get some sweetness, you get the heat, pepper, smoke, mm-hmm. all that. I think it'd be pretty good. Yeah. I would marinate a chicken in that and grill it up, and I think it'd be very, very tasty. I don't think I would mind taking a little pork or pork ribs, mm. marinate it overnight, and then do a pecan wood, I'll grill it just a little bit, brown it up, and then do a couple hours on a, a hot, dry smoker with some pecan wood. Yeah. I mean, I think that this would be a great marinade for something like that. You know, uh, we've been talking about this for a long time, doing a, a food pairing, pairing yeah, I episode, know. and I I think we're on to something. Dang I think McKnight. that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, if I can just get McKnight to come, he's yeah. like an amazing cook. Yeah. Or uh, Mikey. Not Mikey. Clint uh, is a, he's a certified Oh, chef. yeah, he is. Clint Stepp, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, so he is. is yeah. um, he went to school for it. <clears throat> Why did you give? Why not? Oh, true. You should give it to me. I really like yeah. this. All right, we got one more. What's next? Our last mead. Blue bottle. Swing top. Thank Fat. you, Sawyer. Thank you. Yep. Ding, ding. Uh, oh, this my gosh, is... it's pink. <laughs> Which one was that? I don't have headphones. Welcome, Courtney. Hi. Oh, my gosh, it's pink. <laughs> uh, Redstone Meadery. Traditional mountain honey wine. Okay. Style. Magnum. <laughs> No, I didn't say Magnum. Style, traditional. Traditional meads celebrate pure honey. This mead has no fruit, herbs, or spices added. Herbs? Yes. Ingredients include Colorado water, orange blossom honey, wildflower honey, Montrachet yeast. No, don't know what that is. That's an Montrachet. <laughs> sure. And the love process and may be lightly floral spicy or herbal there it is yeah process in order to preserve the delicate honey we pasteurize rather than boil okay swing top nothing like being in a field yeah our resealable bottle preserves the quality of the mead more effectively than recorking a bottle reuse Mm. or recycle Mm. serving temperature we suggest serving slightly chilled. However, feel free to experiment as different nuances are revealed at different temperatures. Unfiltered may contain sediment. Oops. When I was is in college, I first started experimenting. This is a very, very deep blue swing so top bottle. I'm going to, I'll just say right now. I had uh, I brought the Rhapsody and this one, and the sole reason I bought this was because it was a blue swing top bottle. <laughs> All, right. All right. So it's a Redstone Meadery Traditional Mountain Honey Wine. This was Wait, where 12 even. It's honey Wine. Yeah. 
Where are they based? Uh, Colorado somewhere. Okay, uh, so I was, Boulder, Boulder, Colorado. Boulder. So the funny thing is, when you mentioned Colorado water, I was like, is this a Texas? place nope. that imported water because like that was literally what uh, have you, you ever heard of, a, a, of something called congan water <laughs> let's get let's get very specific here okay uh, yeah. produced and bottled by redstone meadery 4700 okay. pearl street number 2a uh, boulder colorado 80301 to the sweet oh here's meadery. her phone number 720-406-1215 redstone meadery Dot com. Let's call them on the air. <laughs> if you have any questions for Sawyer, please refer to the previous number. Uh, really? Twelve <laughs> percent by volume. All right. No sulfites added. So Sawyer, no metal bisulfite. This is the only okay meat we've had today that has no sulfites. I trust you. Even James's add sulfites. <laughs> Maybe it is very clear. Yeah, brilliantly Super clear. clear. Redstone is one of those that's been around for a long time. I remember yeah. it's back clear in the, balls. Uh, the early days of craft beer drinking, going to uh, Flying Saucer. Whenever you would see on the menu all the different things you'd add, then Redstone would be at the end for like thirty-one dollars because it was they didn't have it on tap. It was you it buy was the expensive. bottle basically. Yeah, and so you know, Frater and I would would always look at it and say, "Oh, one day." So redstone has been around for quite the while. It smells of honey, surprisingly enough. Yeah, I, I I get like a little mint character in the aroma. I could see that. Yeah, I could see a mint as well. It's very sweet smelling, and uh, a hint of alcohol. Yeah, but at twelve percent, I would expect a little bit for sure. Yeah. But really, I just get. I, actually, dang it, Travis. <laughs> yeah, no, that mint. All is I got was right honey there. until you said mint, and then now all I get now is mint. That so, mint is well, if it's true, right there. There's a lot of that from the fusel, <clears throat> the fusel alcohol. Yeah. So I, I hadn't heard of that yeast before. Montrachet yeast is typically used in red and white winemaking. It just ah. uh, it's a yeast that has a high tolerance in winemaking. Uh, it has a to- high alcohol tolerance. Probably makes and it pretty dry. If any of the listeners are looking pretty for it, Red, Red Star makes a, a dry version. Yeah. Why is everyone raising their hand? I have a question. Uh, if you don't have your hand raised, you're dumb. Yeah. Apparently, I'm dumb. Yeah, yes, you in the back with your hand. Thank you. Loser, say what? Um, what? I, for- ah! I forgot my question. Okay, next. Powers. I pronounced it right. I pronounced it right. What? What? How oh. is it pronounced? Oh, Montrachet. 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 I Montrachet. believe it's yeah. Montrachet. Back to me. Please, okay. uh, one of the listeners, please. <laughs> say what? I don't get mint. There's a high fusel element with some floral flavors. Maybe that's why we pick up yeah. so much mint on the yeah. No offense, Travis. I just don't get mint. Oh, that's okay. It's, it's there. If you were to toss it in the air, it would be raining mint. <sighs> Really? Make it rain. I'm actually. It's uh, raining. Hold on a second. How did Powers get so much more of a I, pour than I did? Because I got it before. Powers, you. pass that over here, my friend. Some of it fell <laughs> in my glass. Some of your glass fell into my glass. That's fair. That wow. is also true. That's the first time I've tasted it, and I do get a lot of mint. I don't yeah. get any. The None. mint and the flavor. It comes to oh zero. Oh my gosh. No. None. Sawyer, are you. Are Try you it drunk? again and think mint. <laughs> no. It's like yes. spearmint. Like, 
Okay, so I I love yeah. spearmint gum. Like, if if someone ever were to hand me gum, I would love for it to be spearmint, and that's exactly what this tastes like. It's it, yeah, no. I don't. I don't taste mint. I can smell. Get closer mint. to the mic, Courtney. I, I don't taste mint, but I smell mint. Have you tasted funnel cake in one hand, corn dog in the other? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was her. Wow, definitely smells like a funnel cake. Yeah. <laughs> With a little no, bit I, off. I, I mean, it's like mint and honey. That's all I get. Yeah. I get, oh, I I get of, honey, but not mint. I kind of like it. Like, I really well, do. Well, it's different. It's well, not straightforward. I like spearmint, and I really, I so, really yeah, like this. Where would that come from in, I the, don't know. in the brewing process? I, see, I, I have like, no idea. I they like spearmint, but I don't like this so so for spearmint um, you would pick up a sweetness on the front of your tongue yeah and you would pick up a spiciness on the sides of your tongue you're picking up the and then spice. the coolness throughout yeah so you a, really, there, there is a coolness through it I, I don't pick it up as my i pick a floral and a fusel i i could probably interpret that as spearmint but wow i don't pick up the tinginess on the sides of my tongue like see I travis travis and, I've been, travis and i've been drinking together for like 12 years now <laughs> And straight, well, yes, actually, it's 13. 13 I'm drunk. 13 years yeah. now, Travis and I have been drinking just like we literally had our first drink together. That's why we have a seven year old <laughs> together, mm-hmm. anyway. I so our, our palates have uh evolved, our cycles were synced, they, they, yeah, they synced up. <laughs> It's true. I mean, that happens when you spend so much time together. It, see, there we go. We Vindication. Were also, we, was, yep. we were. You know, also when you went to the bathroom earlier, I was wondering why he left too. Yeah. <laughs> we were also roommates for like three or something years. I don't remember. Anyway, um, I, so I'm not ever really surprised whenever he and I taste exactly the same thing. And as soon as he said mint. It was yeah. just like some uh, a light bulb went on in my head because that's exactly what I get right here. It's spearmint. That's it. That's all exactly. I get. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm glad I live here. <laughs> um, so I'm going to tell you why I don't like this. Um, that's a good drop. I like that. Thank yeah. You. I'm glad I live here. <laughs> right. Well, and I'm going to tell you why I don't like this. No. <laughs> It is too minty. It is too much of that. Uh, so you get it too. No, I, I I get it, and I and I don't appreciate it in my mead. <sighs> Screw you. Whatever. <clears throat> hey, that and escalated quickly. Okay. <laughs> it says eleven herbs and spices right there on the bottom. No, no, no. no. Th- 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 that's herbs. Well, it's herbs been a great time. <laughs> so, I drink this, and I. And and all I can think of is that old Orbit spearmint gum commercial <laughs> where they're playing on a clay Mentos. tennis court. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh goodness! That's even older than me. So so the old Orbit spear commercial where they're playing on a clay tennis court and the girl like face plants into the into the court and she's all. <laughs> Clayed up and dirty, and then she smiles, and she's like got that sparkly smile, and I hate drinking that. <laughs> you hate drinking sparkly smiles? I 
I am not a sparkly smile drinker. No. Oh, do I need to say that again? In, in <laughs> okay, the mic? hold on. Yes. Do you hate drinking sparkly smiles? I really hate drinking sparkly smiles. Thank yes, you, Courtney. That's um, unfortunate. So we've talked about this running around penability. Alright, penability pen rating on the super pills. I'm sorry, what? Eight. Really? Yeah, this one's pretty penable. No. He's I'm, drinking water. Don't believe... He, 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 water has a penalty of eight now. I am now. preparing for the breathalyzer. Thank you. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. That's true. I, I forgot about that. I would say Nothing this is like, like a 5.5. No. No. Toothpaste, toothpaste has a poundability of one. All right? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen... This is a poundability of one. Powers is drunk. <laughs> I want to pound the crap out of it. Right. I could not pound toothpaste. Okay. Well, All right. Travis. You know what? Uh, the mint being pushed aside. This is fairly clean. Jesus. Um, I'm going to give this a seven. Really? Mint I'll, aside? I'll, yes. Yeah. Pu- okay. Push, okay. So push the mint, mint aside. Mint included. That sounds like pesticide. <laughs> Mint included, meaning that I have pounded one bottle and have decided, oh, wait, there's mint in this. <laughs> then it's like a four. But if you pop the top and just go at it. Colgate. Until the which, fun don't stop. Colgate, which, which I recommend for all of our listeners, just pop the top and go at it. That's what she said. In all aspects of your life. <laughs> then usually five and up. Oh, jeez. Okay, Tony. <laughs> I give it like a four. Yeah. yeah, I'm 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 right there. No, <laughs> crest with scope, ladies and gentlemen. No, crest, no. <laughs> Jesus. Well, this was interesting. Anyway, so uh, join us next week. <laughs> this was mead, by the way. If you haven't, I don't oh, know. Oh, that's would, what we did. Yeah, I, I don't know why you would listen. I think we lost just it. the end of it. We were on a lot of tangents today, but either way, it's a honey vanilla. Vanilla. Wow. Yeah, thank you for listening to uh, this week's episode where we talked about Mead 3.0. Join us next week where we discuss style 15C or 16D. I'm not really sure exactly what that is because that's what's said on the uh, sheet. Where we talk about extra stout. Cheers until then. Okay, bye! Bye! We did not check the explicit box. I'm a drunk troll.